0: Okay, everyone, good evening. Tonight's cheer was dedicated in, uh, by Mrs. Uh, Bunya Newman, in honor of a twin sister's birthday this Shabbos. Wow, mazel tov, Sarah Basle Afreda and Lacham Abbasya Basavram Yitzchak, of blessed memory. Um, and the yard site... So they should. Um, your sister Sarah Basleya, should have. Freda should have a a shnas uh, bracha uh, natslacha. A wonderful, wonderful, special good year. Nachama Basia should have aliyus neshama. She should return here very soon, and also the yard site of Chaim Wolf Ben Avram Yitzchak. Mezon Shama have an aliyah. Great aliyah. Okay. All right. Tonight we're going to learn a mimer on Pasha Shamois in the Sefer Torah Or, which we so love. And the beautiful thing is that we actually found the mimer in the book of Torah Or that we didn't learn yet. Lately, it's been a little rare. We learned one a Hanukkah, now we're learning another one. And it's not even an explanation, it's not even a beer, it's the actual original mimer. And it's such an appropriate mimer to learn at the time that we're in right now, as we shall see happening as we begin learning. Wow, it's a phenomenal mimer. L'hoven Inyan. In Pasha Shemois, this is in the back, If you, if you, you, in the Sefer Torah Oyer, in the Hesophos, in the back of Torah Oyer, in Pasha Shemois, there is a mimer that begins with L'hoven Inyan Simchas Chas and Vekala. The mimer seems like it was said in the year Tav Samach Gimel, which is in... The year of 1803. And because there's also a version in Mamari in Azak and Tafko a version of the Mimer, the Mittler Rebbe in his Drushe Chasana has a long discourse, a long explanation on the Mimer. So there is also an Eir HaTorif on the Tzemach Tzedek, some Hagoyis on the Mimer, and uh, regretfully, I, my preparation for this discourse has been very, very, very little. I had to attend the wedding today and whatever, I was. But yet, even with that little preparation, the mimer is like extraordinary. It's already very geschmack Imagine if we learn it well. So we'll see how that works. Okay. So now we begin. Hashem will help. So in the in, in the this year this week we learn about Gullus Mitzrayim about the Jewish people going down to Gullus. And we learned that the Abish, the promise, tells Moshe Rabbeinu by the encounter, when he meets him by the snad that he tells them that I'm going to bring up the Jewish people to a land that flows milk and honey. If you were ever bothered by that term, why is Eretz Yisrael characterized as a land that flows milk and honey? The pashtis the idea of it flowing milk and honey, is that there's very good pasture lands. And if there's very good pasture lands, the cows... Get well fed, and if they get well fed, they uh, they have a lot of milk. Okay, I understand that milk is special, but how much milk do we need? Like you know, we have a little milk for the coffee, you know. But how, how about <laughs> oh, milk and honey? Like, why is the milk and honey such a big deal? I mean, if you speak about like by the, by the blessings of Shavit Yehuda, the Abish talks about the land of Yehuda, that Yehuda's land. They're going to they're going to launder their clothing in in wine. Their eyes are gonna be bloodshot from wine. New wine, we understand. Milk is a nice thing, but you know, it's it's mainly important for children. When you get older, you don't really drink that much milk. It gives you calcium, and that's about it. Why app is that the Abishna has to emphasize, I'm gonna take you out of your suffering to a land that you can have a lot of imagine that. You know, you come to a people that are in a concentration camp, and you're telling them that I'm gonna take you out of the concentration camp, I'm gonna bring you to a place where there's a lot of milk. <laughs> I'm gonna take you out of the concentration camp. I'm gonna bring you to a nice free country. You're gonna have a normal life. You're gonna, and it'll be a blessed land. It'll be the what what was this, milk and honey, Davka? It's a strange thing. I want to give you the answer already. I can't control myself. But really, you should wait to the answer to the end and go ah. But I'll give you the answer. When we went to Golos, it's, it's unbelievable. It's like without this, without Hasidus, you just have no clue. Golos is compared to a, a... Mashiach is compared to a birth. Mashiach is born, the soul of Mashiach. And that's what the whole mimer is going to explain. What is the birth of Mashiach? Mashiach is a new birthing in the world. And Golos, we the Jewish people, are the mother in which the baby is developing it. In other words, Mashiach is really born inside our womb. That's why we are the ones who suffer the, the hardship of exile. Who, who's, who endures the, 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 the difficulty of a pregnancy? It's the mother. The mother has the discomfort of carrying the baby. We, the Jewish people, are busy in the entire galus. Galus is not a punishment. Golos is a period of time, then we, the Jewish people, have become impregnated with the soul of Mashiach. And Mashiach is developing inside us. And that's why it, to be in a state of pregnancy is very uncomfortable. And that's the pain of the Golos, of all the suffering. It's all the, it's, all the, it's all the developing of Mashiach inside our Nesham. And as the Mimer is going to explain... A woman is very uncomfortable during the seven. She has she has morning sickness, and then she has all kinds of other you know discomforts. It's not. Then she has to schlep around the baby in the heat and in the thing, and she's it's difficult. It's, it's a difficult uh, it's uh, it's difficult heart. But the real, 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 real intense pain comes right before the birth. Right before the birth, there is the labor pains, so that's called chevelay Moshiach. And the Rebbe asks in the minor, I mean, <laughs> it's really a question. We say that the time right before Mashiach comes is Chevley Mashiach. Chavli Mashiach means what? The pain, the pangs of the coming of Mashiach. So the Rebbe asks in the Mimer, if Mashiach is being born, so why are we the ones suffering the pain? Let Mashiach's mother have the pain of the birth of Mashiach. Vasat <laughs> the Like the Jewish people are going to go through the worst suffering because of Chevley Mashiach. Because they're, they're suffering the pangs of the Geulah. Yeah, when a mother has birth, the mother has the pain of the of, of, of the birth. What does that mean? So why does that do with us? The answer is we are the mother. Our neshames, within us, is Mashiach happening within our souls. How? Basically, all the Torah mitzvahs and all the davening and all the yearning for godliness that we do during the gulas is causing the impregnation. Mashiach, the Shama, the, the, the light of Mashiach is entering the world, but it's entering through our womb and us. And, but an amazing thing, why does, it, why, is a, why, does a, why does a woman go through so much pain right before um, the birth? Right before the birth. So what happens is like this. In order to set the birth in motion, the, the baby's inside, and the baby has to go outside. Now, in order to make that, and the baby has to come through a narrow a narrow channel, a birth canal, for the baby to be able to be born. And that's gonna take a very, very, very strong and powerful thrust of the mother to kind of push the baby out. But in order to create that thrust, she has to really, 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 really give it a shove. In order to shove the baby out, What's going to happen is the only way she will have it is through the contractions. What are the contractions? The devil explains what the contract. Contractions is the baby going the opposite direction than going out. Contraction is the baby's going in. In other words, as it gets close to time of birth and the baby should be exiting, the contractions are actually pushing the baby further in. And But precisely because the baby's going further in and mom says, oh no, you're not going in, you're going out. So the, it's precisely the opposite force of it, of it causing the baby back into the mother causes the mother to say no and push the baby out. So spiritually, what does that mean? What, the, the birth of Mashiach means tremendous godly revelation in the world to the point that we see the Abish there. That godly revelation first was drawn into us. When we do the mitzvahs, we're drawing that baby, which is the Abishter, into our souls. We're drawing God into our souls. God is Mashiach. Mashiach is the human being that is encapsulating the Ebershter inside of him. That's what Mashiach is. And bringing it for all of us. All that is happening inside our collective souls and into each and every individually. Right before Mashiach comes, instead of the world becoming filled with godly light, suddenly the world becomes very dark. The opposite of the revelation happens. What starts happening to the Jewish people is the little bit of spirituality we were able to have during the time of God, the little bit of avavayira, love and fear and divine connection that we were able to have during exile, we get a contraction. Because even that, what we were able to have, and those was the baby being close to being revealed, and the baby's getting even more concealed, which means there's no godly revelation. Suddenly it becomes so hard to experience anything Abish there. And Muna becomes difficult. Bitachem becomes difficult. Everything becomes difficult. And kids are flying off the derech right and left. People are lost. People feel disconnected. cynicism, Apathy. What is all this? It's, it's a lack of godly revelation. That's exactly it. Why? Because that's going to make us be so fed up that we can't stand it anymore and push. We will push the giyul out. We will all cry out, Masai, we can't have this anymore. Dafka the concealments. So then, then we have, and then we have a baby, and the baby is Moshiach, Oh. But when a baby is born, the baby is tiny and very small. That means that our ability to experience elokus, godliness, is in a very, very, con- very small, limited way. We don't really, even after Moshiach came, we haven't yet developed the the ability to be able to experience. Havaya, yutke vafke the Ebershter in an expansive true way. So where does the baby go? It goes up from the womb, up higher up onto the mother. It goes to the, to the breasts in order to, in order to nurse. The milk that the mother nurses the baby, what does the milk do? The milk causes the baby to grow and expand. The, the, the most important thing about the milk is not just its food for the baby, The most important thing of milk is that milk creates an expansiveness in this tiny baby. The baby is tiny-small. And the baby now needs to expand. It has to become developed. The baby has to grow into a. So the main thing that nursing, it's the greatest time of growth, physical growth. Because you know, I went away to Australia for a week and a half. I have a little grandson. And when I came back, you know, he's twice the size that he was a week and a half ago. As you go away, it's like at that period of time, they grow so quickly, so fast. And, and, and there's no other time in a person's life where the ratio of growth can compare. And then once they're two and they stop nursing, they'll grow, and they grow when they're children, but much slower, the rate. They actually quadruple their size, maybe even more, in those two years. And we don't continue doing that during our lifetime. That's the secret of the mother's milk. And he's going to explain why the mother's milk is so powerful. She's basically giving her baby a powerful infusion of her brain cells into her baby. That's where the milk comes from. It's her brain cells. And that's why the woman, I was just telling my, my daughter, she said, I don't know what happened to my brain when I, once I had my baby. And a woman feels like her head gauze gone, Like my head is gone. Why? Because she's taking all of her brain and giving it to her child because her child needs her moichen during that time. She needs, so basically everything, everything of her mind goes into the baby. And that's the milk. So watch this. In Mitzrayim, we were in the mother's womb. Mashiach was in the womb. We were, that's why we were in Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim was considered the womb, the place. That's where the birthing and all that was taking place, the pregnancy. After that, Hashem moves us to Eretz, to Eretz Yisroel. Eretz is, is the place. Now we need a nurse. Not we need a nurse. Mashiach needs to be nursed. Through us, we nurse Mashiach. So we go to the place where the milk is. That's Eretz Yisroel. That's where the is mochen flow, and what does it do to us once we go to Eretz Yisrael? It enables us to expand our experience of Havai. In other words, when we went out of Mitzrayim, we had a Muno, we, 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 we had like a wow, we see the there, we see miracles, we see this. But we didn't have the Seichel, the ability to have an expansive broad-mindedness of the truth of the divine. For that we needed to come to the on migdash and to have prophets and live in Eretz Yisrael. And he developed the mind, the Sham of the Jewish people to really be able to perceive godliness in the thing. So it's actually the most, the most amazing thing. Why are we going to a place of milk? I mean, no one ever thought of this. The Alter Rebbe's answer is like the most amazing answer. We're going to the milk because the baby needs to nurse now so that it can grow. And that's what's amazing thing as we expect Moshiach to come right after Mashiach comes, we're going to have a nursing period also that's going to cause so much knowledge and such great expansion in taking the Jewish people out of our incredible, impoverished state of spirituality where where we're so constricted to have this broadness, this milk. Like we get over here Thursday nights. We get like, it's like this expansion. This is, this is the nursing station over here, Mayan. That's what it is. The baby needs to nurse. We need a nurse so that we can get the milk. By the way, you just missed the, first, the most awesome 10 minutes of a class. OK. No one knows it's you. <laughs> no one. Now you'll have to get only the long version, not the short synopsis. OK. No one knows this. See, this is like amazing. You know what's so good about it? Because no one learns the hoisophis in the back. You know? If anybody learns the mimer, they learn the beginning. They this is like crazy. And this is the reason why this is the whole gullus and this is the whole Giyula. In Mitzrayim, it was on a much smaller scale like it is in this long gullus, Because the pregnancy over here took 2,000 years. But, but just understand the idea is so simple. Where in Mitzrayim is the womb. It's actually called Ervasa Saret. It's the lowly place. It's considered the womb. But then from there we move, and we move up to a much higher place, the land where the milk flows, and that milk causes Knesses Yisrael to grow and to become so. But then, why do, the, why do we need the? Why do we need the? Why do we need the? Why do we need the honey? What's the honey? Milk of honey. So the honey comes to counter the milk. The milk gives us such a yishmak. It gives us such a sweet ecstasy in the divine that we're going to experience after Mashiach comes. God is going to become so tangible, so real, so unbelievable that, God forbid, people will be able to start popping like popcorn. Boop, 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 boop meaning souls will pop out of bodies. Because in that experience of this immense ecstasy, it's the easiest thing for a neshama just to like dissolve in God's infinite light that is going to be shining. Mm-hmm. And what does honey do? Honey serves as a preservative. it basically preserves something and it, it concentrates something. Honey, when you put something in honey, the thing con- usually what happens to stuff are any any kind of physical object when you when you when it sits for a while and it begins to decay. Why does it begin to decay because the four elements that make up everything that comprise everything starts disintegrating each element. What honey does is it keeps honey causes a kivutz, a compression, a, a con which means it keeps the four elements compressed together, not letting them go out. Spiritually, the honey, what it does is it keeps the neshama in the body. The neshama It keeps the nishamas that are going to be in as We need, if we're only going to have milk, then we're just going to, we're going, to, we're going to have runaway souls, souls that are just going to escape into the ecstasy and into the bliss of the post-Messianic revelation. So we need the powerful honey to keep nishamas down here, which means the honey is also very sweet. And he's going to explain. It's the intensity of the appreciation of how how special the physical is. So it will keep Nishamas appreciating the physical and not allowing them to like lose themselves in the spiritual ecstasy and the light that's going to be when Shiach comes. So that's why from here we immediately, after gullus go to the land of milk and honey. The milk expands us into the utmost of the spiritual experience, and the honey similar to what it says in the nishama. Hashem, we say, Alekai neshama bi. you created it. Ata yatsarta, you formed it. Ata you protect the Nishama. Why do we have to protect the neshama Bikirbi, Because the neshama looks at the body like a prison. And the Nishama would love to run away from the body. And Hashem has to particularly force the Nishama into the body. But He forces it not with harshness, and when Mashiach comes, he forces the neshama in the body through a sweetness of honey. That's the idea, That that's the synopsis of the entire mimer. So if anybody that wants to cut and run right now, now is your chance. And now we're going to learn the mimer in a, in a longer version. Okay. and <speaking in Hebrew> To understand the idea of the chasn, the joy of a chasn and a kala. And what this has to do with the joy of a chasn and a kala, we're going to see soon. Our Pasuk on the Pasuk, Allah, Yisoyah, Hashem wants to elevate them to the land that flows milk and honey, so he named Pidish Vekala. The meaning of Chassen and Kala Lomah Nicroyim B'Sheim Moiske Why are they called with these names? So first, let's understand why is a Chassen called Chassen and why is a Kala called Kala. The idea of a Chassen is what's a Chassen? A Chassen is the groom. The groom is the Mashpia. He's the one who is giving, he's he's influencing, he's transmitting. Who is he giving to? He's giving to the kala. The kala is the recipient. Now, whenever the giver is giving to the recipient, the giver has to be... uh, uh, To to give to the recipient means you have to lower yourself down. Because why is this person a giver and the other one a recipient? Because the giver obviously is on a much higher level. And that's why he's the one giving to the recipient. But he doesn't want to give to the recipient because that would mean that he has to kind of like lower himself down to that constricted place of the recipient and to be able to enlighten in order to be enlightened the recipient it takes a lot of a lot of re- concentration a lot of kivutz a lot of contraction so the chassan doesn't want to do that so you ha- so that's why you need simcha the joy of the chasen encourages him to descend and go down to be mashpiyah because the nature of joy is that joy kind of takes causes you to, like, reveal yourself. When a person is happy, they talk a lot. They reveal their private their private emotions, their, their inner feelings. When a person is kind of not happy, then, then, then they, they clamp into themselves. You know, they become kibbutz into yourself. And joy causes you to open up. And sometimes when you're happy, you realize, oh, I spoke too much. I said too much. I re- oh, how can I say that? Because I was just in such an explosive mode. I revealed too much. Like how many times we get excited about a business thing or about a thing, and we, then we talk to people and we say, oh, I should have never spoken. But we're so excited about it, you can't contain it, it's boom. So the in order to get the chasn, to be mashpia, to the kala, which means to go down, the word chasn, he, he explains this from the word chos, chos means to descend. The root of the word chasn is chos, he's descending. So you need to encourage him with simcha. The simcha causes the chasn to go down uh, to the kala. He's descending from up-down. The whole Indian of chasen is, why is he called chasen? The targum, the translation of the word yoreid, yoreid means to go down. The targum is the word nachis, he descended. Nachis is to go down. So chais, which is the same root as nachis, it's all the descending thing. And the main element of the word is And is, is, is the main teva of chasen. The main element, the root of the word chasen is descent. That's chasen. So chasen is all about he's a descending energy going down. Kala, Kala is the recipient. So she's the opposite. She is an ascending energy because she's yearning for light. She's yearning for... For someone to give her that light that she doesn't have. So the Kala, Yashba Beis pirush. Kala has two meanings. Lashin She's in a state of longing upward. like it says, I'm thirsting and my soul is expiring. Vagam Kol So it's an expiration. It's a longing upward. That's one Pirush. One Pirush in Kala... Is a lotion of longing. She's in a state like like we always use them. The kala is compared to fire, like ash. and you look at a candle. You see the candle is always flickering upward because it wants to join the power of the fire that's outside of the atmosphere. It's the thirsting of the of the of the recipient to the mashpia, the abeis. But the second meaning of the word kala actually means a prison. lashan Kala, Kala, or. Which means what's what's a prison? A prison is where you're locked up. you're closed off and you can't go out. Like the, 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 the person became is when you say person is in a base hakele, person is in a prison. He's locked, he can't leave. So a kala is also called a kala because of some kind of an imprisonment. Well, that seems negative, but we're gonna see soon, it's actually a positive. Because as a result of the chaston coming so close to the kala, it's very, very possible that the kala is going to get so excited that she's going to dissolve into the chaston. And she's not going to be her anymore. In order that she should remain her, and they should have a unity, but she should be her and he should be him, and she should not lose her identity in her Mashbiya, in him, she needs to be imprisoned, kind of locked and held back from dissolving into him. And that's the idea of the mimer, as he explains later, that's the idea of the be'sakela. Put this, like being locked in a house, say I will not go out. The explanation of all this. So we know that just like there is a physical hasan and a kalah, right, a, a, a groom and a bride in this world, there is the spiritual hasan and the kalam God is the hasan. And Knesset Yisrael, the Jewish people, are the Kala. Okay? So to understand, and also, on another level also we know, HaKadish Baruch the transcendental infinite light of Hashem, is called the masculine side of God, that's called Chasen. And the Shekhinah is not is, is not only us, Knesset Yisrael, which we, but the power of the Abishter that's invested in creation, what we sometimes refer to as Mamala Kalam, the indwelling God, the indwelling light of Hashem that's within the world, that is called Kala. because it's 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 it's, it's, it's uh, the theme, the feminine element. It's within creation. Okay, Hine So Hazal say, Matan Torah." Then what's the day that God got married? The day that He gave the Torah. What does that mean? What happened by Matan Torah? Hashem, who is infinitely higher than the creation, beyond beyond beyond, revealed Himself down here. That means he revealed himself to us. That means he acted like a chassin. He connected to a makabal, to a recipient. Until then, God was single. What does it mean single? He wasn't committed to anybody. And he didn't reveal himself to anybody. He remained above it all. Like a man, before he gets married, he's free. He's not. But now, the Abishter made a commitment and he tied himself down to a, a makabal, to us. And he came down to reveal himself to here. That's the chasn. The hainu it is known, the chasnu HaKadosh Baruch <coughs> is referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God Himself. Soi veiv kalalman. Kalal means he encompasses all worlds. He's bigger than time and space. HaNikra B'Shem HaVaya. He's also called, this idea that he's bigger than time and space is referred to as HaVaya. Why HaVaya? Because the word HaVaya, Yudke Vavke, represents the idea of him not being bound by time. Because the word Havaya is past, present, and future, but all, but all there at the same time. So he's not limited in the limitations of time. As opposed to the Shekhinah, the name of Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud, the lower name of Hashem, which is the name of the Shekhinah, that's the source of time. And over there there is past, and there is present, and there is future. Like we say by Hashem, Hashem Melech he's now king, Hashem Molach, he was king, Hashem Yimlech, which implies that time is of significance to him because he, he has a past, present, and a future. But on God Himself, there's no past, there's no present, and there's no future because it's, it's all beyond the, the whole concept of time. So Havaya is higher than time and space, above it all. And so that's a kadish Baruch. What does Kadosh mean? The word Kaddish means separated, above, higher. Oh, that's the Eberster Himself. But yet, the that came down by Har Sinai, and revealed Himself. That which is beyond time and space revealed itself within time and space, down here. The Kala, and what's Kala? So the word Kala, he says, is referring to the part of Hashem that enlivens the creation. We know what is the main chalik of Hashem. That what's the Hashem takes a little tiny bit of His infinite light, and that becomes the source. Of the, of the finite creation. And that's called the Shekhinah. Shekhinah melashin shokhin. It dwells within the world. Or sometimes we say, the ten utterances that Hashem said, let there be light, let there be a firmament, let there be... So these are all a projection of the Abishter into the finiteness of creation. To create limited creation. So the energy that actually leaves him and goes into the world, it's, it's godly energy. But it's godly energy that's already confined in time and space. And we know it's associated with the latter He of Hashem's name. yud kei vav The lowest letter, even though generally we said before that yud kei vav is what? Above time and space. But within yud Vavke vav itself, the latter He, the last He of the Shemavaya, vaya is the Shekhinah, the He that goes down into the world. Oh, so now he says the word Kala, then. He says is the word kol hay. Another play on the word. Kol-hei. What does it mean, kol-hei? He hey is the actual Shekhinah itself. She's the he. She's enliving the worlds. That's the he. Feminine element of God. But she, doesn't, she can't generate life because she's only a manifestation of Hashem. She's only a projection. It's like a, the Shekhinah is like a ray of Hashem, not Hashem. A ray can't exist without a source. So where is the Shekhinah receiving her energy from? From her husband. From HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the transcendental, infinite one. She's receiving continuously her sustenance and her power from him. That's the meaning of the word Kol Hey. Hey, she's the He. She's receiving from Kol. Kol is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's called Kol. Why? And particularly, we know that I mean, we're getting a little Kabbalistic now for just a few minutes. We know that the, from the ten spheres, Malchus is the lowest sphere. Malchus goes into the creation. But Malchus is receiving from the nine highest spheres that are masculine. Which particular element of the masculine spheroids directly delivers the energy to Malchus? It's Yesoid. Yesoid is the mashpia to Malchus. And Yesoid is called kol. You saw this cold call, like we see in davening. Give you an. I'll share this with. We say in Davining, by vavarech David, we say where do we where do we enumerate the spheris, the attributes? By Vavorech David, where do we enumerate the spheris? We say in, in Davining, we say l'cha Hashem ha gedula. That's 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 Chesed, ha gevura, va teferes, va neitzach va And then it says l'cha Hashem ha mamlocha. But where's Yisait? It Doesn't say v'ha Yisayid. But it says Kikol b'Hashemayim It's Kol is Yosei, because Yosei—the whole point of Yosei is—it's—it's it's here to gather from all the spheres. Yosei is the funnel; it gathers from all the spheres above, and it delivers to Malchus. So therefore, Malchus is called Kala, because she's the hay who's receiving from the kol from Makadosh Without the kol, she's nobody. She has no energy. She suffocates she has to constantly communicate and receive her chayas from Yisoyed, who's giving to Malchus. That's why she's called. So, Vakala, Kolhei, she's Kolhei. shame. Oh, so that's already the Shekhinah. So, HaKadosh Baruchu is what? HaKadosh Baruch the transcendental part of the Yevish, See, HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Shekhinah. HaKadosh Baruchu is the male, and Shekhinah is the female. In other words... HaKadosh Baruch as we said earlier, the Eibishter as the Eibishter is above time and space. That level of HaKadosh Baruch is called, that's called Havaya. The name, of, the name of Hashem that's associated with that is Yud Ke-Vavke, the Tetragrammaton, the Eibishter's name. The name of God associated with Shechina, is the name Aleph Talid Nun Yud. Adoy. Tatatam ta Okay, the reason, why is the name of Hashem Adon related Adna related to the name of God of Shekinah, because what, let's t- let's translate the word Adon Ad Adna. What's Adna? It means Adon. He's a master. And to be a master, you have to have someone to be a master over. So the very notion of we're calling God a master means he's the king over the creation. So there is already, and the creation is finite. So that means he's limiting himself already to the finitude of creation, to the finiteness of creation. So, Od Aleph Taled Nun is the Ebershter already as it is in a contracted form. A feminine element of the Ebershter where he already creates the creations, limiting himself to the creation. So, Aleph Taled Nun Yud is the Shechinah, And what we're trying to make is a Yichud. What are we always trying to do all the time in our Torah Mitzvahs? We want to bring down HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light into the Shechinah. That's why we say, L'Shem Yichud. We're causing A, a unification in other words we want to bring together Havaya which is what? Yud Kei K 26 and Adna which is what? Adna which is, which is the Shekhinah now Adna is 65 and Havaya is 26 when you, when you join them together what do you have? Avaya and Adna together, 26, 65 and 26, is 91. That's Amen. That's why we always say, Amen, 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 Amen. You remember how many times we're saying Amen already? They don't stop saying Kadeshim and Shol. And when we say Amen, because every time you're saying Amen, you're expressing this Yichud of HaKadosh Barucho and Shechina. That's why Mashiach, which is when all this is going to be revealed, the power of the Giyul of Mashiach comes when Mashiach is 90 years old the 90th year. Because the 90 years, because then we enter into the 91st year, and that's the time. Mashiach is the Yichud. Mashiach is the concentration of this Yichud of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Shechina. That's why I'm so excited about this year, because it's 90 years since the Rebbe's marriage to the the Rebbe's and the Freediger Rebbe's daughter. The Rebbe is Yosef, the Rebbe's Malchus. And this is the whole union. We're entering into 91. This is it. This is where the Yichud is happening, between akadish Baruch Hu and the The stuff are huge. Huge. The Kala, and Kala, is Kol he. Hainu Sheim Adna. That's the name of Adna. Koyach hapoel benifal. What is that? The Sheim Adna. It's the power of the Maker in that which is made. That's already the reduced. Again, Adna. First he's talking about, what, what is Adna? Adna is the Ebrister a master over the world? That's already the reduced energy of God. That's the feminine energy. There is the masculine energy and the feminine energy. Now the first, thing he wants to explain the idea of why is uh, why is Hakadosh Baruch Hu called a So He explains, and since that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is now when is when, is not always called a chass. He's called a chasen when he's getting married to his kala, which means when he's, when he's lowering himself down into the shechinah, into malchus, into the world. It is a very big yirida, that is a very big descent. For the kalal, The infinite transcendental element of God. That he should contract himself into the name of Aleph, Dalet, Nun, yun. That means, why? Because the Ebeshtar has to lower himself down from the Soviv, Kalalman. The Abishtar has to lower himself down from the Soviv, Kalalman. Uh, uh, and L'samtsin, to contract himself, shame Adna, into the name Aleph, Dalet, Nun, yun, To create from nothing to something. To create a world. which is, Which is a tremendous descent from him. So for him to do that, that's a descent. nikra That's why havaya is called Chosn. Loshen Chos, He's descending. Kinoch is darga. He's going down a level. that he should. Like we say in davening, that he lowers himself down of into the heaven and into the world. It's called a Shiflus. It's a tremendous lowering of who he is. Ma'achar. Ma'achar since Shavayo Inyan Since havaya essentially is hoya hoivivyiyah, past, present, and future. Lamailam is manum He transcends. He's above time and space. Ani rishain. I am the first. He's above it all. And all before him is not. Kiyadu as it is known. So if everything by him is nothing, the worlds mean absolutely zero to him. The entire mamalakalam the entire concentration of energy into this world is considered absolutely garnished as if it doesn't exist. So for him to lower himself down into that nothingness and to reveal himself in it, that's the, that's, that's the most ridiculous thing. It's a very, very, very big lowering of himself. Yeah. Omnom. Imagine if you had to download your consciousness... Imagine that. Imagine if you were, you're going to download your consciousness, everything about you, and everything of you, and your entire being, into a little cockroach. So, that's a tremendous descent, that I have to lower myself down. Now God, for him to lower himself down, into us, into our reality, to download himself, that's really what he's doing. Yichud Kutche means he's downloading himself into us that we should be able to experience him as he truly is, even though we are us. He's married. He's having a union with us, becoming attached to us. That, uh, that's a big descent. But in order to understand. Lama so we, that, the, the Rebbe kind of accepts that we understand why the Ebershter is called a chast. But we need to understand better why we're called a kala. Lama Bashem kala. Why are we called Kala? Now, we can understand why. We're yearning for this light. That's why we're called Kala. Kala means yearning. But he says, Be'ikar the second Pirush. Kala meaning what? Being locked in a jail. Kala being imprisoned. What's the imprisonment? And according to the second explanation, Lashin Kele, which means a, 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 being locked up. In what sense are we being locked up? Ah, when you get married and you have such a such a fantastic khasan. When you're getting married and you have such an unbelievable chasen, you might get so lost in the chassan that you might forget that you are a somebody too. <laughs> you might totally lose yourself in that chasen. And the apist doesn't want that. He wants us to be us. Because that's what he wants. He wants to live inside of us. If we become him, then we... Lo- <laughs> Oops, it's the whole... The whole it's, like a, it's like a failed... It's like a failed... Uh, um, a person does a... a um, not a trial, what's the right word? You do a... Um, What's it called? No, when you, when a person tries to do a experiment, I mean, there's an experiment, and then it's a failed experiment. And The Abish are like, imagine after all the work he makes Mashiach, and he comes and suddenly, boom, the world suddenly disappeared into him because there was so much light. Like, and God doesn't want that to happen. So for that, that's the whole idea. He has to keep us, he has to keep us locked up, Kella. He's got to give a lot of. He has to soak us in honey. That's an amazing idea. The have to need to understand. Called Iker Vekala. Also, we need to understand why do we need so much joy. Why is the Hassan and the kala need to be so happy? And it's our job to make them happy. And the Rebbe is going to explain an amazing thing. He's going to explain to the altar Rebbe that it's not shy to have Hassan kala without joy. Without joy, they can't get married. It's essential to the marriage. It's not like, oh, they're getting to marry No, we have to actually create the joy in the Hassan so he can be a Hassan And we have to create the joy in the kala so she can be a kala. Without that joy, you've got no chassin, you got no kala. It's not going to work. Yes, we need to first preface it by Lahav and Piddish We first need to understand the meaning of the pasuk. The pasuk says, like a pregnant woman when she's coming close to giving birth. Tachil, she trembles. Tizak, she cries out. in her pains. So we say, So we are from before you, God. Just like a pregnant woman, as she gets close to giving birth, she cries out in her, she shivers and cries out in her pain, so too, we are before you, from before you, God. What does that mean? We are from before you, Hashem. We are in that same state. So the Rebbe says, in the an amazing thing. So now we have like this, we have HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we have the Shechinah, and maybe they get married, and they have this union, but as a result of that union, who began creating the union between Hakadosh Baruch Hu and Knesset Yisrael? So the Arizal says an interesting thing. The Arizal says that until Avram Avinu, there was no yichud. Knesset, Hakadosh Baruch Hu and Shechinah were like standing back to back. There was no intimacy between them. The intimacy begins with Avram Avinu. When Avram Avinu started serving Hashem, there started to be an intimacy between Hakadosh Baruch Hu and Shechinah. Now, what happens? A couple gets married. Some people are like, I know people like that, I'm not going to say, but okay. Some people like they are very like, uh, so, uh-huh. they're, they're waiting, she comes a year later, and but well, like, like, well, she's not pregnant, right? What's going on? And some people are like, uh, it's amazing. But in any case, I'm not going to. But if there's the Hassan and the Kahlo who got married, are expecting what? What's the, what's the, the they're going to be a baby soon. So once, uh, once Avram Avinu calls the Yichud between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Knesset Yisroh, we got to get pregnant. And what are we pregnant with? When a a father, when a man, a, a woman, becomes pregnant from a woman, he's basically downloading himself into her. Her child is him. That's what he's doing. He's taking of his essence, putting it into her, she's developing it into a child. It's him in his child, but it's going, that's exactly what happened. God is downloading himself into us. When we become pregnant, we go into exile. The exile is the discomfort of the pregnancy. And the, and this, we're developing something immensely godly within ourselves. That's what he's going to explain over here. So, uh, there's another pasuk. Hold on. Knesset Yisrael during the entire golos of Egypt. They are compared to a pregnant woman. Like it says, she became pregnant. It says another pasuk: we, "We became pregnant." We became, we went into labor. Good. What's the birth? What's the birth? What are we birthing? We became pregnant with something. What are we? What are we? What are we going to give birth to? Ah, who laid Moshiach is the birth. Moshiach is Hashem's child. Mashiach is. God downloaded into this world through us. Hava, wow. that's Mashiach. That, what that means who laid us Mashiach is the birth of Mashiach. our boy, it says, "Ani I today I have given birth to you." And by the way, Ani, to get a little bit deeper, here it says, "Ani today I gave birth to you." So what does that mean? Apipash, says Hashem saying, "I gave birth to you." But the deeper meaning, Ani, is always a reference, Kabbalistically, to the Shechina. The shhin is called ani. Tafka the shhin, the feminine, is called ani. Hayoim, hayoim is referring to today I gave birth to you. What does that mean? Through Hayim, through this, through Hayoim and Bakoila Tishma'u, through today, which is the three thousand years of observance of Torah and Mitzvahs. That's called Hayoim, because we know there's in, in Torah there's two zmanim. There's generally all the time of history can be divided into two times. There is Hayoim La Today is to do them, ulamachar, and tomorrow, Lakabul scharam to receive the reward. There is today, and there is tomorrow. There's two zmanim in. So whenever it says hayayim, it's referring to the time of avoyda, of Asiya of teireh So here's what we say. Ani malchus, the shechina, which we are all part of the shechina, we the Jewish people. Ani malchus, Hayoin, through our work of Hayoim and bekoim, That's what the Samaq says. Hayoim, through all of our work of Torah mitzvahs that we do today, Ya ticha, we gave birth to Mashiach's neshama. What's Mashiach? God. The giloy of Havaya in this world. That's Mashiach. We said earlier, this world to, to Mashiach comes, is only has even if we experience God. We experience only the name Adna, Aleph, talid Nun, Yud, that God is a master of the creation. When we can't experience Havaya, transcendental godliness. We can't experience. We don't have that in our world. There's no giloy of the Abishter beyond time and space. Beyond, We can feel and be margished that the Abishter is the boss over creation. But not that he... Uh, but as a result of this 3,000 years of downloading. And what's that? We downloaded, The Abishter is kind of in a sense, impregnating our souls through our Torah and Mitzvahs. And continuing, during the entire pregnancy, the baby is growing, growing and growing through all the Mitzvahs that we do, and mainly through all the davening and yearning that we have for the Eberster's light, all that causes the baby to develop inside us. And then when comes the time of birth? That's Mashiach. And just like Shebesha's HaLeda, at the time of birth, Tachel, she shivers, Tizak, she cries out the in her pains, so too will be chas the pangs of Mashiach, which is the pangs of birth. And the explanation of this matter, how does this work? a so to understand what this means. The Nimshal concludes, when it says in the Pasuk, after it says the Mashal, like a woman crying in her pains, we say the Nimshaw, Kain Hayinu Havaya. So we are before you, God. What does that mean? Kain Hayinu mipana. What does that mean? Havaya. That's the whole thing. Since when Mashiach will come, what is gonna be in the world? We're gonna have Havaya be his galus. What does it say when Mashiach is gonna come? the glory of God is gonna be revealed, basar, and all flesh will see. What will we see? Keep pia We're going to see havaya in the world. We're going to see the Eibushter as he completely. We're going to see how the worlds are totally nullified in the Eibushter's light, and that everything is canceled, and how the world of time and space is completely enveloped in what's totally beyond time and space, and the and that the worlds are in enoid We're literally going to see that. We're going to see. We're going. To, it's going to be. That's the gili of havaya. That's called panecha havaya. The gili of the pnimius of havaya. We're going to see that. Oh, in order that, that, that that's the baby that we give birth. Cain ha knew, But we're the ones through our Torah and Mitzvahs now. We're, we're impregn... So now, when are we downloading Havaya? Havaya really is outside and above creation. I mean, it doesn't mean outside. It means that it's not creation, can't get a grasp on it. Because it's above. It's everywhere, but it's above, meaning above the experience. Through our Torah and Mitzvahs that we do... We're downloading Havaya into Adna. Like we said before, Amen. Every bracha, every Indian is amen. It's a unification of Havaya in Adna. That's what we're doing. But, during the time of Gullahs, the baby is hidden. Because even though we do mitzvahs, we don't feel the godly light of the mitzvah. We don't feel the Havaya. Where is the baby? The baby is inside. Unless you take a sonogram, you don't see the baby. The baby is hidden. Oh, you can maybe tell that there will be a baby. But but you can't see the baby, you can't see the kiyor. So during the entire time of Gallus, even though we're producing this great kiyor, we don't see it. When Mashiach will come, boom! This is going to be be his ga- be his Havaya is going to be totally revealed. Since the main intention and in the deeds of mitzvahs. We bring Hakadosh Baruch Hu down into the Shekhinah. We make a yichud piddish. Kucher What does Kucher mean? Yidua shu avaya Hakadosh Baruchu, Hu. That's avaya. of so kolal. And Hashem, as He is beyond everything, Shabbat atzilus mamish. It's the lights of atzilus, the lights of the first world, of the world of emanation. Where over there, it's totally beyond time and space. Yizgala le'ain le'ain. Seichel v'asaga mamish. It's going to be revealed to the eyes of our understanding and our asaga mamish in full grasp. In other places, it says more than that, not only a seichel and asaga, but in the Mittler Rebbe, maybe he uses the mimer over here too, but the Mittler Rebbe, uses very strong. It's going to be a chushis, a physical sight. Physically, with our eyes, we're going to behold the Ain't Sof, the Infinite One, in the world. Havai is going to be in Mizgals. Sha'azu, and that's what it means, a yichut. What does it mean, a yichud? A yichud means that two entities are unifying till they become one, which means the higher one is revealing himself into the lower one. So that means that the Abishtir is so when Mashiach will come, the Abishtir will be fully revealed in our consciousness. We're gonna be we're gonna have the consciousness of God. Sha'azu inyana yichud, that's what the yichud is. Sha'el Hear these words, beautiful words. Sha'el Mizgala lamata the one above. Reveals himself below in the Tachtoin, in the lower being. In the concealment and in the Tzimtzum of the creations that are created. We are created beings. We're created from nothing to something. So what are we? Little fickle nothings. Right? And within us will be revealed the absolute MS of the Amishter. Yizgalah b'hem will be revealed in them. Avayi, the of Kalama. Havaya, which is Sevith Kalama, will be revealed in our kishkas, inside of us. And in order to illustrate this idea, that what, in order to show to us, demonstrate that everything in Yiddishkeit, all of our Torah mitzvahs, is supposed to accomplish one thing: the downloading of havaya into our world. You see that every time we do a mitzvah, what do we say? barakh ata havaya Baruch means turning on the faucet Baruch means hamshakha drawing havaya down here melakhaylim into the world ana we men barakh ata havaya pidish barakh lashan hamshakha barakh means to draw down the his and reveal melakhayl lamata from up down taine she yesgala be eloykim dafka prena savaya that in elo we say barakh ata havaya eloykenu that's interesting. Before we spoke about the, the Yechud of, before we spoke about the whole point of Torah and Mitzvahs, is to cause the union between Akadosh Baruch Hu and Shechinah, which is called Havaya and Adna. Havaya and Adna. However, sometimes it's called yichud Havaya, and Elohim. Why? Because Elohim and Adna in general is the same idea. It's the same idea. Because Elo- they're both representing the Mamalak Alam, the indwelling, limited light of God within the world are called both Elohim and Adna. Why? Because what does Elohim mean? Elohim means constriction. It's the constricted godliness. This, and Adna means that Hashem is a master over the creation. If God is a master over the creation, it means again He is constricted by time and space, or, or at least relating to time and space. So Elohim and Adna is the same Indian. So when we say, Baruch ata Havaya it's the same like if we would say, Baruch Atah Havaya Ado It's the same Ado. So that is, right? we do this by the mitzvah, but now we don't see it yet. The Chiddush where Mashiach comes, you see as I explain it, is not a revolution, Mashiach is a revelation. It's a revelation of everything that has been happening during the time of, the revolution is now. When we're doing a mitzvah, we're changing everything. But we don't see it. This is like the muscle of the birth. First, where is the baby? Where is the baby really happening? Not a, everybody says mazel when the baby when the baby is born. But the really the whole, the whole baby in the making was during the pregnancy. But first, the baby is concealed in the mother's womb. Then during the birth, misgala luchutz. The baby reveals himself and comes out. Cain, so too Shemesh Shumog and Avaya Elohim. So too is the sun and its sheath. Same idea. This idea of Avaya and Elohim is sometimes compared to the sun. It says that God created a sheath to the sun, a container to the sun. Because the light of the sun is too intense. So we have a, a concealment, uh, some kind of an encasement to the sun. So, so, and that's the. So the Pasik says that. The sun itself is havaia, and the container is Elokim. Kein shemesh Elokim. muster, and the abister is hidden, umitzumtzum, and contracted in the name of Elokim. in a state of ibur, in a state of impregnation, vekatnos gadol and very very concealed. But here's an amazing thing. Oy 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 oy. oy, 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 oy. You can ask a question. Why can't Wolf be quiet? Why? Why did he have to tumble over here for the last four or five years that Mashiach, 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 look Mashiach, look Mashiach, look Mashiach. Be quiet. Someone sent me an email. Rabbi Wolf, teach us Torah. Stop tumbling about Mashiach. I got an email like that. I don't know who the guy is, but I got such an email. Stop, stop with the Mashiach business, just give us Torah. So the Rebbe says over here that actually when we, when we are, be, the more we work on revealing Havaya, which means revealing Mashiach in the world, that helps that birth happen much faster. In other words, the, 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 the Gili is already here, but it's concealed. We have to identify it and call it out. Here is Havaya, here is Alakos, here is Mashiach. And when you call it out, that makes it happen. And that's what, it, this line over here can be a source where the Rebbe says that we have to open our eyes and start seeing Mashiach and start because that very idea that we're seeing it and identifying it that itself causes the Giloid to be revealed. That's what he says. And when below, from below, that should reveal itself. With this, they cause the kiruvsman the, the speeding up the time, of the birth, the and the revelation, and and that is what it is going to be. La ased lovey, when Mashiach will come, begilu when Mashiach will come, it will be a tremendous gilod, but we need to bring it closer and make it happen by, by, by continuously desiring it, yearning for it, being impatient, and wanting the giloy. The Rebbe wanted us to cry, how much, and also to reveal it actually. Because by Mashiach it says, I gave birth to you. So we hear the Rebbe is learning that. The Alter Rebbe is learning that Mashiach, in addition to Mashiach being a human being, who is a powerful tzaddik and an unbelievable leader, and um, but is more than that. Mashiach, Mashiach's coming represents a powerful godly revelation in all of, in all of the world. In and that's the meaning of Mashiach being born. It's going to be the giloy of the essence of the divine. The Havaya of, Havaya of the Havaya, of the Kalam. and throughout, how will it happen? The entire time of this world, in which we call for it, and we're excited about it. It's accomplished through the deeds of the mitzvahs. said every time when we make a bracha, Each time when we're saying it, we're causing the download, we're increasing the download, we're increasing this, and making it more and more developed. However, this calling out, and this is that we say in this time, As much as we try to experience that revelation of avaya. As much as we try to daven and and more than that, actually meditate and try to experience yutke vavke truth, godliness, it's only in a state of impregnation. Because when we say baruch ata what happens? He doesn't reveal himself yet. Only with a very very great contraction to very very few individuals. B'Sha'as HaKosher, at a very unique time, At great intervals, Tzadikim, they can actually experience and visualize the Gili of Mashiach They can experience already the baby. They can experience the Havaya. But most people, he says, they don't have that revelation because the Havaya is not revealed to them. So it's only a fetus. What we can do now is we cry out and we request that the gilu should be and the later should come. and this is the meaning of So we, we, the pasuk compares us to to a pregnant woman, and we're saying we are from before you, God. Panecha havaya means what's panecha havaya? Panecha havaya means when the Eibushter havaya is panem is revealed. Havaya, Havaya is Havaya, as Havaya is shining in the Pneumius Tigger world, way up there in Atzilus. But Keinah Yi knew, we have that inside of us, through the Torah Mitzvahs, but we need to produce it, into the, into the tangible reality outside on the street. It's not enough that it's true in Atzilus. It's up there, yeah. Shuhsoyv of Atzmi. That's the soyv of up there. The before him all is not. The ein and by him there's no difference. Before he created the world and after he created the world, light and darkness, <coughs> or darkness like light. Shove. and by him everything is equal, which means the worlds are totally nullified. Over there, the Abishar is gallows. But down here in our reality, the world's are blocking. We don't see. Al How do we um is, how do we work on this giloy, on this revelation? It's to shivisi avaya. it's to trying to experience avay, even today. Piddish, sheyizboinen, we should contemplate shebe'emes, that in truth, hua oras avayah be'elokim. In truth, avayah does shine into the name of elokim. V'adna lamata, kamo yishuhu lamay in Ms Havaya is shining in 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 the name of Elohim, as it really is above, begiloi revealed is gilizel adam. But in order for this giloi to be experienced and revealed to us, zau pchenas now. That's the birth dafka. The zau sheamar yinu We are from before you havaya sheniekan lamata mipanecha havaya we were once there, our neshamas before it came down. Okay, panecha avaya up there. But ha mi it should be down here. like we were in b'machshav ha up there. When our neshamas were in atzilos, they experienced the save of Kalaman. Because our shayrish is really not in Elohim. Our shayrish is not in the mamala kalalman. Our shayrish is in the save of kalalman. That's why the Rebbe says, that Midler Rebbe explains, he says, uh, for a non-Jew, for malachim, they're satisfied with the, with with the giloy of, of of shem adna, the limited godliness, because that's where they come from. But our has come from the innermost, so our, and that's the meaning of hayinu mipaner. We were once there, but when we have to create that ms that we had before we were created as created beings and bring that into our reality down here, that takes a a a, a pregnancy. With all the discomfort of the pregnancy and labor pains, and eventually we get to that giloi. <laughs> Avo in the days of this world, loy mipanecha We're not before you, havaya. We're disconnected from that. We're living in a world where the world seems to be so true, so real, so absolute, so such a such a metzias. This is our B'chol during the entire time of the pregnancy, she is We're working on. We're trying. It should be nizgalah sheim avaya. like it says, How do we know that when Mashiach will come, the gilu will be avaya? So here's an amazing thing. It's that we say in the pasuk, on that day it will be Hashem echad u'shmayechod. What does that mean? So Chazal say an interesting thing. Chazal ask a question. On that day, we say, then God will be one and His name will be one. And now God is not one, but there are many gods, chas v'sho. Then, it says, if, then God is like in a chas and get rid of all the other com- competitors and then He's going to be one. That's not true. Now Hashem is also one. ha'idno Now is Hashem not one. So the Gemara answers like this. No. Now He and His name are not one. What does it mean, He and His name are not one? He and His name are not one means like this, the Gemara says. Today's days... The way Hashem is written, if you look in the Torah or in a Siddur, how is Hashem written in most of the places? Today's in Siddurim, they make it different. But the way Hashem is written is Yud Kevavke. That's Hashem's name. But when we pronounce the Yud Kevavke, we don't pronounce it Yud Kevavke. We're not allowed to say it. How do we pronounce the Yud Kevavke? We pronounce it Aleph Dalid Nun Yud, as if it was written Aleph Dalet. In other words, even though we're looking at a Yud Kevavke entity, we can't call it that way. We only see Adna because, the, as we said before, the sheath of the sun is blocking on the sun. The, the, the elements of creation, the time and space of creation, is blocking on the beyond time and space of our creator that's really present, but it's being blocked. So that's why, even though in truth, the Abishter is everywhere, and, and, and his mamish revealed everywhere, but it's not a revelation that's Shaykh to us. So we can't call him, even though it's written, Written. the difference between... This is between the way it's written and the way it's read. Written means, what's the reality? What's the absolute emes? The absolute emes is that Havaya. Is, is Reading it means the way you see it, from your, from your angle, from your vantage point. In all these days of Golas, from our vantage point, we can't call them Havaya because we don't experience Havaya. So we have to be truthful. At the best, we can experience that God is the creator of the world. And he's a master of the world. But that idea that there's nothing but him, we can't experience. So we don't say it. But when Mashiach will come, when we're going to in, it's going to change. We're not going to say, Baruch Atah Adoy. We're going to say, Baruch Atah Yudke Vavke, when Mashiach comes. We're going to be allowed to say Hashem's name because it's going to be real to us in our experience as well. Yes, Galus. I am not read the way I am written will come, we will be read the way it is written. That's why it's called ebor it's called a pregnancy, the in concealment. will come. there will be a gilui of the air of Vahainu p'chinas hester vitzimtzim gadol, and this is the hester that we have now. B'p'chinas ibur, it's it's completely in, in a state of a fetus in a pregnant state. The lizayt bechevle lede lavat. At best, we can cry out. Kanal v'hem shechadvarim kachem, and the the way the word the pasuk works is as follows. Atchiniyam ipanecha havaya. We're in a state of a pregnant woman until we're going to be like a pregnant woman who comes close to birth. And when she's coming, she's coming close so that she can birth this Indian V'day Lamev. Okay. But now the Rebbe is going to explain a very important idea. And that's the difference between the nine months of pregnancy and going into labor. That's important. A discomfort, it's always uncomfortable, the entire nine months. Okay, as we said earlier, there's morning sickness, and there's this kind of thing, and there's that, and there's all the discomforts that come along with being pregnant. But after that, when it comes to the conclusion of the nine months, time to go have a baby, ooh, the labor starts. And, uh, okay. The birth pangs are only at the time of birth. And at the time when we get close to birth. But in the middle time of the pregnancy, she's just uncomfortable but there's no intense uh, um, 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 cramps or, or, or um, uh, contractions that she should cry out there's a discomfort of being pregnant then the main idea of the of the birth pangs you do out so what is the birth pangs <laughs> I mentioned this earlier. What happens when it's time to have the baby? What ha- what's time to happen the baby is the body has a- amazing mechanics. The average to set into motion. What's the unbelievable mechanics of the body? The average to set into motion is God makes the body work opposite from the direction of giving birth. The- to make the baby, to- for the baby to be born, the baby has to exit. But what does the body do? The body like kind of contracts, and the contraction is pushing the baby back in. And what's the whole point of that? Why would you be pushing the baby back in if you have to get the baby out? And the answer is in order and any, as we spoke earlier, in order to get a pressure going, you have to get a counter pressure going. And then there is a there is a fight against that. And that's always every change requires a certain tension. And from a tension is when you create that momentum. It's like when you're shooting something or an arrow, you pull back with it until it creates this intense thing and then you let go and boom. So when the baby gets pushed, pushed back into the mother, that creates within the mother the, 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 the intense um, power, and within the baby too, because the baby also knows that it, it needs to get out. Also that power to go to fight that force that's happening. So therefore, that's the meaning of Hev what's coming over here. Right before Mashiach comes, suddenly you wonder, like, Mashiach supposed to come, why is it so dark? Why is it, well, why, why, why are Jews becoming, why are children so difficult today? Why, why, why are people so so out of it? Why is there such concealment? Why is there such darkness? And the answer is, tafka before the birth, the that gives a squeeze. And there are certain things that happen, Chas V'Shalom, could happen in the physical world as well, that are tsarist to the Jewish people, which is the opposite Chas V'Shalom of Gilead Lukos, of godly revelation. When you can have questions and you can say, "Eberster, where are you? How can this happen? That's number one. Number two, also spiritually mainly. There's an incredible spiritual numbness. And there's no godly, we can't perceive the Eberster even when we try. And this extra darkness causes us to get frustrated and make the baby be born. So that's what the Rebbe is saying. So that's what the Rebbe is saying. These are forces that hold back the birth. And it doesn't allow the baby to come out. And, the same as understood. and that's why the lady cries. What's her crying? The great crying. And the... When there are many moinim, when there are many things holding back, amen. in the generation when Mashiach will come, then there is which means things that come and push in the opposite direction. So she should cry out, she should go and she should cry out in her, in her cries. That's where we find that right before the Abister answers the Jewish people and the Ge'ulah comes in Mitzrayim, what does the Pasik say? That it got worse. V'yizaku and the Yidin cried out. That was required. They needed to cry out so that they can give the birth. And that happened right at the end because it's needed for the birth. ikar before the main y'izaku b'nei Yisrael, the Yidin will cry out. This is so clear how the Rebbe was so to bringing us this. The Rebbe said, we have to cry out Masai, And the Rebbe wanted that we should cry out Masai. so we shouldn't need to Chas Shalom, get something that's going to cause us to cry. We shouldn't need Chas Shalom, who knows what kind of a Gezerah, to cause the Jewish people to cry. So the Rebbe is saying, cry, let's go, let's... Because of the tremendous concealment. There is a, there is a withholding of the light. And we're we're working towards the revelation, and now we can't even have the revelation. But the period of time, way before Mashiach's coming, there is not yet the crying, because of the concealment, because the concealment is not so strong in the earlier times. It's only, as we were saying earlier, when you get close to the birth, that's when there is the, the... the, the, the keeping a force working on keeping the baby from being born. Then you have the Ibor itself. We turn over the page. Then you have the Ibor, the pregnancy itself. But you don't have the extra pay. The high new But now he's going to, for a moment, digress. And he's going to explain what's the inyan that takes place during the pregnancy. The inyan that's taking place during the pregnancy is that the mother is creating the child. How is she creating the child? She's taking, it's mainly the blood. <clears throat> it says, father and mother, the, father, the, the child is made up of father and mother. The father contributes everything that's white, and the mother contributes everything that's red. Uh, we're saying the second paragraph of Tanya. The uh, whiteness, uh, the bones, come from the father. And so on. The mother gives what's red. Red, she gives the the meat, the flesh, the blood, and the mother gives the... So what does that mean? White is the color of chesed. Red is the koach of gavura. The woman, b'chwal, is the power of... of, of, The man's power is more of chesed, and the woman's power is more of a gavura. Let's say in in the relationship between husband and wife, the man, we said earlier, the chasen is all about a chesed. He comes down and is giving life to his wife. He's giving... He's revealing himself. He's giving, he's giving revelation. It's like a teacher revealing that's chesed, revealing to the student. The, stu- the, the, the power the makabal has, the recipient, is they have them they have the ability to yearn. The yearn. That's fire. Yearning is fire. It's like a flame going up. That's gavura. The difference between chesed and gavura is chesed is descending energy, and gavurah is rising, rising energy. So now he's explaining an amazing thing. Spiritually, what does that mean? Spiritually it means like this. The Abister gave us a seed. The Abister gave us a seed of godliness, which is the Torah from above, so forth. And we, after we become pregnant with that seed of, of elokus of godliness, we develop that baby. We develop that gilui, that mashiach. We're developing. What are we using to developing the redness in our soul? What does that mean? Our fiery yearning. Our longing for thousands of years, we longed for Mashiach. Imagine how much Jews davened for Mashiach. Not only that, we're longing for revelation. We're longing to, throughout this, that throughout all the generations, didn't have davened for hours, and, learn, and tried to experience avaya. They're trying. That's their fire. That's their redness. And with that redness, they're creating the baby. That's developing the baby. The baby, the seed has been already given. There's already, she's already conceived. But now you have to develop it and turn him into a whole child. So he says, but but it's not it's a yearning, but it's not a crying out. No tzaddik ever cr- said to the Jewish people, you have to scream at Moshe. Everybody said you have to achak Eloi. You have to wait for Mashiach. The waiting for it, that's, the, that's your blood, that's your excitement, that's your fire in your soul, developing the child. But that, because you're not yet holding by the birth, you don't have to cry out. You just have to yearn. But when it comes actually the time for the birthing to take place, then you have to cry. And what did the Rebbe say on the famous Chavches Nisan Sicha? When the Rebbe spoke to us. The Rebbe says, what can I do to get you to cry? You're not crying! And you're only crying because I'm telling you to cry, not because you really care. What can I do more? I'm trying everything. We're living in such an amazing time. A sheikh has to come. We're, over, we're already overdue. Basically, we're past the rate of nine months. The due date has passed, the Rebbe is saying. We're already past overdue, and you guys are not going into labor. You're not pushing the baby out because you're not crying. What's the problem. But these are two, there's two stages. One of them is, first you develop, that's, that's the constant yearning, that you didn't yearn for the Abishter. We daven, we're always been davening for Mashiach. We've always been wanting Gilu That's the redness that creates the child. Let's read. What's the Indian of the woman? That's the woman's contribution in the child. The She will create a child. And Chazal say, the woman produces the child through at from her red from her red what does that mean Oir she creates the, the skin of the child the flesh the the black of the eye comes from the woman the white of the eye comes from the man the same as kol all the days of this world Ibor It's all the time of Ibor It's all the time of pregnancy How do we develop this baby? Through us Allah man means raising Man stands for Mayan Feminine waters It's our desire to have Ebeshter It's our devour to, to experience already Havaya We can't stand the darkness So we keep on That's our yearning That's Allah has man it's our fire, hatsukah of longing, the and hislavus, our, and, our, and our excitement, we're contemplating avaya. As we contemplate the greatness of avaya, we want it. We know we don't have it, so we want it. And every person according to the yearning of their heart. No two people yearn alike, everybody yearns differently. That's called red. That's called red because that's our excitement, that's our fire. This creates, this develops the fetus. Two things. First of all, this causes the pregnancy because it causes the husband to be mashpia when she's yearning. But also it's called It causes the Sheyem Avaya to be mislavished, to be enclosed in Sheyem Kim, which as we said before, that's what it is, that's what the baby is, The Sheyem Avaya is coming down. Remember we said that these two names of God are synonymous, Elokim and Adna. And this excitement that we have, that we're raising this feminine water, this is from our redness. What's the redness? What's what, what the, what the Pesach says, that the woman will yearn for her husband. It says in Bereshach, that the, the woman will always yearn for her husband. So what does it spiritually mean? Is the fact that we, the Jewish people, are yearning for a lakus. V'al chu to your husband is your longing. Nekras kala, that's why we're called kala. Kol hey. So the Rebbe is explaining that during the entire, during the entire exile, we're not yet called kala, from the other meaning of kala, imprisoned, locked, we're called kala. The other meaning, he said. Remember, he said there's two meanings of kala. One is yearning, and the other one is being held back. So then we're called kala because of this yearning. Kol hey, what does it mean? Shemekabelas. And as a result of us yearning for him, he's he is dropping his light into our neshamas. He's downloading. So from the call is coming to the hey. The call, God is downloading everything into us. Kol, his entire. Kol kikol b'ashamayim u'b'arz Yisoyi does being mashpiya into malchus umazen nimshach shatia kol sonashi and from this we're expiring because of this light. Avo mashap nimiis atzer ba betzimtzum v'kivutz gadol nekraz kelleh. But this that the nimiis is constricted with a tremendous tzimtzum is called kelleh. Called it in a prison. K'mashi yizbar ba'ez hashem. That we'll get to in a few minutes. What that means. V'day Okay. So now we know what the birth is. Now we'll also understand why. Right after the ghollas, when Mashiach comes, what happens with the Jewish people when they went out of Mitzrayim? They went up to Eritrah to a land that flows milk and honey. <laughs> As we asked earlier, who cares about milk so much that we have to have a land that flows milk and honey? Right? And the answer is, no, that's the whole point. Now you have to go nurse. After the birth, whose man moichindi is the time. Of the nursing period. How long do you nurse? Bezhanim, two years. What is the meaning of Eretz Zavas A land that flows milk and honey. Now it's time to flow milk and honey. Now we need to get the milk. Because we're born already. There's already a Giloid. Now the baby needs to be developed. Pitish, what is the meaning of Zavas Khalav? It flows milk. The the, the, the the one that is born needs to be nursed, with the milk of the mother, from her breasts, which we know, Chazal say, that the Abish created a human being, he did a very big kindness to the human being, he made him different than an animal. Animals nurse, the, the nursing of, of the animal is not from the higher part of the animal, it's lower, but the, by the mother, it's, 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 the Ebershtem made that the nursing of the mother should be next to the heart. And that special Indian is called the Makam Bina, in the place of why, because even though we usually, we usually associate Bina as an intellectual experience, Chachma and Bina. But the Zayar says, Bina Liba, that Bina is in the heart. Because really when you have Bina, the whole point of Bina is, Chachma is a flash, a flash of an idea. Bina is you really, really understand it, develop it till it becomes so much part of you, and as a result of your understanding of something, it develops, it creates emotions. So the whole point of Bina is to go down into the heart, to create an excitement in the heart. That's why the heart is called Bina. And next to the heart is where the, is where the baby nurse is from. Shevamakam Bina, Dafka. And what does it do? They la in order to develop the child. The explanation of this matter is in a anurayim we see that when a baby is born, he's in a very, very, very insi-beancy wincy little state. And through the milk that the baby is nursing, he grows with all of his limbs. Through the, 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 the milk that the baby nurses, he grows in all of his limbs. It is incomparably to the amount that the baby grows after the time of nursing. Once the baby is weaned from nursing, the whole growing process slows down drastically. Because after two years, the yanika of nursing, he grows very little bit every year. He can eat a lot, but other foods don't have that expensive power like milk does. the food that he eats does not make him grow so much. In proportionate to the amount of what the milk made him grow in these two years of nursing. He says, in a half a year, when a baby is nursing, he will grow more than a than than, than a than 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 a person will grow in an entire year, even when they're a child when they're growing. But when you when let's say the child is from seven to eight, it, it, um, it, is or um, well, from seven to nine, the child will not double his size like he doubles his size in a half a year during nursing. <laughs> And that, tremendous growth during that period, it's the milk that does it to him. Its nature is to expand the body more than, than, than regular food. And the main gain of nursing, is the expansion of the child. In addition to the fact that the child doesn't eat any other food, so this serves also as his nutrition, like bread, to feed him. But the main chiddush, the main novelty of nursing is not so much the nourishment to keep him alive, but primarily the, the growth that the child experiences during that p- nursing period. The had over, and the reason for that is Lama Hachal of Magdal, the reason for that why the, the milk has such power of of Magdal expa- of, of causing growth. Because the milk that's in the breast in the place of the Bina shabalev that's in the heart. Kidama So here's what's really what's happening. Her bina, and we spoke about earlier, didn't we? Remember we said earlier that the mother, the the, the woman creates the child through her passion, through her excitement, through her blood, through her redness. Now we know that Bina is gavura is red. Chesed is chachma. Chachma is white. See, just like Chesed and Gavur is white and red. Chachma and Bina is also. Chachma is on the right side, is like on top of Chesed, and Bina is on the left. So we said before that the woman creates the child through what? through her chamimas, through her ish, through her fire, right? As she's developing, her fire to her husband. We spoke earlier is what creates that chamimas. That's and that's why a woman doesn't get a period when she's. When she's when she's pregnant, why? Because her blood is actually developing the child. It's not going to waste. The blood is completely developing the child. Now, what happens when the child when the child is born? So, what happens is like this: the wasted blood, whatever is waste, totally chitzonius the blood, blood that doesn't have any shaychus. It's not clean, good blood to become the child. That blood goes out. That's the bleeding that happens when a, when a woman gives birth. There is a, a bleeding, which is a, a the psilus of the blood, the impure blood goes out of her. But she stop, and then it's interesting, the woman afterwards doesn't go back to her period. She does not receive, she doesn't get back her period until she stops nursing. Why? What happens to the blood? So the Gemara says, Dam that very same blood. That was producing the baby. That was that blood. Now it kind of becomes, transforms, and it becomes milk. Not only the Abish could have Ebershte- created such an amazing system. Where well, that blood now becomes her milk. How does it happen? So the Rebbe explains like this. What happens is like this. <speaking into language> the blood of the Nechar <speaking into language> becomes milk. Look what he says. <speaking into language> it becomes a very, very fine juice, B- a liquid. It's a very, very eidol- adalid it's really produced in her brain. From her brain, it goes down to, her, to the place of Bina, which is in her heart. Or as we said earlier, to the place of, of to, to the breast, that's in the heart. And it becomes, 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 becomes milk in the breast. This milk is really concentrated brain energy. Brain cells, that's what it is. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, I'm, I, I'm I, like, like uh, boom, this week I heard from two women who were nursing. They were both complaining that what happens to my brain when you're nerd, Like, I, lose, I lost my brain. When I, when I, since, since I, <laughs> and the answer is because she's pumping all her brain energy right into her child. Why? But she's giving it to her baby because the baby needs the mecha now. Elishan is <laughs> Gashem. And literally, her brain cells become this gash becomes coarse, viyeda, and it goes down into the milk. So the real brain food is milk. Alkane, therefore, it has the ability to cause a. Now, in some places, and it's interesting. The Mitla Rebbe also in the and I didn't get a chance to really learn it. It says that included in the in the moichin, what's really really coming down is even deeper than the moichin. She's really contributing her pleasure. The mother has a deep pleasure in nursing her baby. She's drawing from the essential pleasure of her life, the essential inner deep delight and pleasure. And the and the milk is actually saturated with pleasure energy. And there's no pleasurable time for a person like the time that they're nursing. Like the nursing period is like the baby is like marinating in pleasure. And pleasure, tainug, causes expansion. Causes growth. Like the famous story where Rabbi Echanem and Zakkai uh, met the king after Yerushalayim was encircled. Remember the story? When Yerushalayim was laid siege in Yerushalayim, Rabbi Yechonim pretended that he's dead. because the, the, Jews, the Jewish people didn't let anybody go out of Jerusalem. And Rabbi the only ones they let out is someone a corpse to be buried, because they didn't want to surrender to the Romans. And the only ones they let out is when they took a bed. Rabbi and pretended that he was dead, so that they will take him out of the city of Yerushalayim. And once he came out, he met the emperor, he met the general. And, and an old story, and he told him, you know, and he, and he called him the emperor. He said, "You deserve to die for calling me the emperor." And then he told him, "If you wouldn't be an emperor, then Yerushalayim will not fall in your hands." So I know you're the emperor because Yerushalayim is not going to fall to a Your Yerushalayim is going to fall only to like that. So then, as soon as they were talking, suddenly this, this horse and wagon, and whatever this coach, came galloping to the to the uh, the horseman came galloping to, to him, and they told him that the emperor died and he was appointed to be the king. And at that time, he couldn't, he had one boot, he was putting on his boots. He had one of them on and one of them off. So then he tried to put on, uh, he tried to uh, put on, I think, his boot, and it. he it, it couldn't put it on. So he's asking, what happens? Rabbi Yechonus said him, because you heard good news, and when you're full of pleasure, or good news causes the bone to become... To expand. Pleasure causes expansiveness. So then he said, so what should I do? So he tried to take off the other one. He couldn't take off the other one. He couldn't put on this one. He couldn't take off the other one because he had one foot on. So he told him, take an enemy that you really don't like, someone you really, really hate, have him walk in front of you, and when you'll see him, you'll cringe, and the cringing will cause your... And then the shoe slipped off, the boots slipped off. So you see that pleasure causes expansiveness. So the pleasure that the child has in the nursing, because of that such a pleasurable experience, it causes the baby to expand more than anything else. Uh, but here, in this mimer, at least in the part that we're learning over here, he's not talking so much about the pleasure element. He's talking about the fact that the baby is getting brain food. it's getting tremendous dosages of brain energy. Out um, came because... Oh, he says, the khalachina smoken as gas and viya is the alkane and therefore but it has the ability to cause expansion. A e vare avlad the limbs of the baby. She called ikeravlad memoichen di imainelkach. Initially, where was the child coming? From the blood of the mother, which as we said before, the blood is really also related to the brain. And therefore, that since the baby primarily is made up of the mother's, the father only makes like a little contribution. The mother is really one that builds the entire child. The child, the father gives the seed, but the mother gives the entire child. Of all of her energies go into that child. So now, when the baby, since he's made up of the mother, when he gets this expansive brain concentrate from his mother's brain, that causes the baby to grow so much. Now he says we find something like this that we find in Avodis Hashem where you can see that, when, when you, that in, in, in service of God there's also called a baby. We learn in Tanya that the intellect are called the parents. Chachma and Bina are called father and mother. And the emotions are called children. Because they're the product of the, of the union of the Chachma and the Bina. When we conceive an idea we understand it well then we have a reaction. What's the reaction? An emotion in our heart. So the Rebbe says an interesting thing. Once you have an emotion, let's say someone has avasasha Sasha or Yira and they're excited, they're excited, they're excited. There's excitement. And now the emotion is existing independent of the idea that created it. Let's say you're excited about Mashiach. You're very excited about Mashiach. If I ask you right now why you're excited, you don't even have the information. You know that something, because you learned about Mashiach in seminary, you learned about Mashiach a long time ago, so now you're just excited about it. You don't even know why. Oh. But then when you sit down, so you have a child without the mother. But then when you bring back the child to the mother, to nurse from the mother, what does that mean? When you inform your emotion that you have already with more intellectual knowledge. For instance, you have an emotion already. You have an excitement about Mashiach, let's say. Or let's say you have an excitement about another Jew. A yid excites you, because you have Abbas Yisra. But then you learn something that enriches the whole idea, like you sent me this week. You learn something that's like whoa! It suddenly enriches the. What happens to that emotion that you have already? It suddenly the emotion becomes like mega. It like ex, it like expands way beyond its small state. That's the nursing, because you took it back to the to the to the intellectual knowledge to the to the ideas that are with the whole basis of it. So you're nursing the emotion back with the mother's milk. So that he says, "V'dugmas <laughs> Avoidas avoidus Hashem b'midas ava ayira with love and here, for achmanes or 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 mercy or a person's compassion." Shenol duqvar menasechol. They were already born from the intellect. Shakasha yisker alasechol. When you're going to remember that idea, which was what caused the seichel shalamida. When you're going to when you're going to like kind of reclaim, you're going to go back to the seichel of the midah yiten koyach vaoyis lahamida. You're going to give a whole new vigor and strength to the emotion that the midah should have its puula much stronger than before. That's called the growth of the child. As stated elsewhere. Now the truth is like this. The fact that you have an emotion already, this concept, the idea that created it, was always there. Because if you, if you ever got excited about Avas Yisrael, or you got excited about loving of Torah, you have an understanding in it that's hidden. But it's hidden. Now when you nursed, it like developed it. Umimenah So l'skayim yamim. No, I'm sorry. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that now that you're remembering the emotion, this remembrance, this idea gets concealed in the midah. sibas And this is what causes the midah to grow. L'skayim yabim rabim. To be able to last for a long time. Ayin shan baruchah. Look over there. the ayin the nimshal he a and the nimshal, the, the metaphor as we as we compare this, The Indian eretz Now we're also going to understand the idea of why the Jewish people went to a land that flows milk and honey. Piddish, eretz Knesset yisrael. Eretz is Knesset yisrael. B'chenas malchus daatzilus. It's the shchina. It's malchus of atzilus. Shenikras that the is called. V'oretz ha ragli. The shekhinah. Eretz, you know, we, we say, the Abishta says, the earth, there's a passage that says, Ha-shamayim the heavens are my seat. V'oretz, and the earth ha ragli, is where I put my footstool. So we know that the, the feet of Hashem is the shechina, Because what, what we said earlier, what's shechina? Shechina is the, the part of God, so to speak, the lower elements of the, of the Luqus, that come down to be within the world, and it says Eretz, the earth is where the Eber puts his feet. That means that earth is synonymous with feet, which is related to Ah, to shekhinah. So earth is Shechina. Fine. If earth is Shechina, and we say Eretz Zavas it means that the milk that's in Eretz Yisrael, which is coming from the Shechina, Eretz, is milk flowing from the Shechina. It's her milk. Now, who's the Shekhinah? The Shekhinah is the one that had the baby. Because the Abish as we spoke earlier, God impregnated the Shekhinah through our Torah and mitzvahs. We draw from HaKadosh Baruch Hu down into the Shekhinah. She became pregnant and we're, we're all part of it. And then eventually we have the baby. Now the baby has to go back to its mother, which is Eretz, and nurse from the mother so that the baby can become big. That's what he's explaining. And she's also called Eretz she She's called the tree, the, the land of life. Because the Shekhinah receives or influence the Atzilosa, the I think is, and her emanation, Me'etz She receives it from the tree of life, In the Shekhinah flows the energy of the highest spheres. Ultimately, from chachma and bina, p'henes v'achach matichya, that a chachma gives life to to to, uh, to malchus. U b'p'henas bet in and in her womb, in her womb, which is in the womb of the shechina of the aretz, muster v'nella hamshachah m'sheim avaya. This hamshachah of sheim avaya that we draw down through all of our torah and mitzvahs, we're causing. What did we say earlier? We're causing a Yichod between our kaddish baruch hu and shechina. So we're drawing it all now, but where into the womb, just like a pregnancy, which happens in the womb. So this is similar to the idea, from the womb of me. Simply, it means from the womb of whom came came the came the ice. It's a pasuk. So he explains me who he Me is bina because bina is we know. One of the numbers associated with Bina is 50. Chamishim Shari Bina, the 50 gates of Bina. Right? That we know. 50 gates. Me is 50. Because me is Mem Yod. It's 50. So me is Bina. And um, there's all many other reasons why Bina is called me, but we're not going to get into it right now. But me is Bina. Me and me, the womb of me, the womb is Malchus. So Bina is. Um, me who have been me bara Ela. Me it says in the pasuk, raise up your eyes and you will see me bara elah who created these. So elah, look at the word ela for a moment. Ela is gematria thirty six. Ela is gematria thirty six. So it says the pasht is the word. Look at this. The way you usually read it is me bara ela, who created these. It's who means who? It's like you're wondering, but on a deeper level, it's me which is Bina, Bara created Eilach, created the 36. What are the 36? No, also. What the 36 are, we know there are six, six male male emotions. Six male emotions. What are the six male emotions? Chesed, Gevurit, feras, Netzach, Hoid, Yisait. Six male emotions. Each one of these male emotions, each one of the emotions are what? Included from all the other six. So for example, there's chesed chesed, and gavurah chesed. Six times six. Six times six is 36. Who creates the emotions? Where does chesed and gavurah, where do the divine emotions come from? Their mother. Eim Habanim, the mother. Who's their mother? Bina is their mother. Me, which is Bina, bara, created Eila. Eila is the 36 emotions. Following? Everybody follow? me, bara, Eila. That's why Leah who's Bina, Leah's Bina, has six sons. Ruven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, Zavulin. She has six sons. Because me, Bara, Ela. And Leah is actually the same word as Ela. Because her main identity is the children that she gave birth. So she's a mother for the six, and she identifies with her children. So her name is Ela. Leah is Lamet Aleph, the same like Ela. Me, Bara, Ela. So that's me. Now, also. um, hold on, ubeten uh, me and the womb of me, hi malchus that's the malchus, so malchus is the womb, now this he doesn't explain too much, and I didn't see, I couldn't get to, the mitle rebbe I didn't get to explain why we say, that the womb of Bina is malchus, so I, I, it's one of the things, that I, I need to further explore, v'kerach, what does it say, mi beten mi yotzah kerach. From the womb of me, which we're saying now me is, uh, me is Bina, but the womb of me is Malchus. From the womb of me, Yatza comes out, kerach the Ice. So what's that? That Kerach is, Kerach is the Hashpah, the, the, what the Eberster is giving. Like it says in the Pesach, why is Ice something that, that we say the Hashpah? It says in the Pesach, as he explains in the passage that Hashem gives snow like like wool. So over there, air uh, he explains how the Ashpah from the Abishtar is called kerach. Snow and ice. Um, I think, I'll explain it to you. I, I, I think I can, again, I, I I didn't check it up right now, but if I remember correctly, it's something like this. Um, when any ashpa is coming from Elokus, from the Ebershter, Abishtar has no definitions at all. Ebershter is what? Is, is bali gvul bali. So we're dealing with the ultimate, ultimate abstract of the abstract of the abstract. For that ashpa to come out, it has to like congeal. It has to become something more. So it says an interesting thing. Every ashpa begins as oil, as light. And I want to share with you an amazing thing. It says that light really is the source of water. Light is the source of water. First, there's light. When light condenses, it becomes water. And when water condenses, it becomes ice. It congeals, it becomes snow or ice. So every hashpah really goes through three, three stages. Or mayim rakiya. And you see, the, you see that that's the source of every hashpah. Now, rakia is ice. Because the in Kinyachasko, where it says, Rakiah ke'en kerach," that the rakiyah, they saw a firmament, and the firmament looks like ice. So what does that mean? What that means is that in, require, in order for the mashpiyah to give something, it starts off as a very abstract idea by the mashpiya That's called light. Then when he lowers it down, and he's beginning to be mam shechit, it's called water. Water already, light you can't touch, water you can touch. And light is not containable, but water is containable in a cup. But if you put it out of the cup, it's still fluid, it still goes all over the place. When it congeals and it becomes ice, then it's so the maqabul, when we need to receive something tangible from God, it's more like an, it's already it's already karach. But initiated as mayim and before that it was oir. it's hinted to that every hashpa comes through art, through speech. And speech is called emoir. Emir means to say. Look at the word emor. Aleph is or, mem is mayim, and resh is rakiya. Every amira, every transmission, goes through these stages of or, mayim, rakiya. So ahashpa, and rakiya is kerach. So mi bet me from the stomach, from the womb of be, of me, which is. Bina, which is Malchus, Yatsa comes out, HaKerach, the godly, tangible revelation of what? Of Havaya. Havaya really is beyond, until it doesn't go through the womb of Malchus, Havaya is on, Yudke King is totally outside of our experience. It has to go into Malchus. And go down into the womb of Malchus. And over there be developed, and then Yatsa HaKerach, then comes out the baby. Who is the baby? That's that's not us. That's the yud vavke, That's Mashiach. That's the revelation of Mashiach. The yud vavke that's going to be in the, revealed in the world, in a in a in a tangible way that we can see it with our eyes. But the baby is very very small, which means that even though we have this concentrated godliness, but it's not yet in a way that we can appreciate it and really understand it. For that, there's the nursing period, as he's going to explain now. Okay. And when this will be revealed in the future, when Mashiach will come, look at these words. When Mashiach it says, Ki higdil Hashem em'ela. You see that pasuk? Where do we say it? Who knows where we say that pasuk? Higdil Hashem im em'ela. Yeah. I know it because I, 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 I have to bench a lot of times because I wash all the time. Because I eat a lot of sandwiches. So I know that pasik. Higdil Hashem, Lassos Im Ela. Higdil Hashem. What does that mean, Higdil Hashem? Higdil Hashem means, the Gili of Mashiach, simply it's the pasik means, people are going to say, Higdil Hashem, wow, look what God did, Lassos that Hashem did with them, with who? With the Jewish people. Look the amazing thing. People are gonna wonder, gonna say, look what Higdil Hashem last What Hashem did something so great. But it's interesting, Lush. Higdil Hashem seems not that Hashem did something great for us, but Higdil Havayah, that Havaya becomes Higdil, Havayah becomes great. Higdil, he caused Havayah. The answer is: when Havaya is born, when Mashiach comes and Mashiach is born, and that means Havaya, it's Havaya concentrate, it's Havaya miniature. It's havaya in a, type, in, a, in a tiny baby form. He can do havaya. Now we need havaya to become expanded. That we should see. We should get like whoa. We should really see havaya in an expanded form, not in a mini concentrated form. Lassois to do that in Ela with the Jewish people. In other words, for them to be able to see a big havaya, not a small havaya, a big Mashiach, not a small Mashiach. And for that, after Mashiach comes, we're going to have to be nursed. And the nursing period is what we say. What's the main purpose of nursing? Of the mother's milk? To cause the baby to grow. That's the idea. So now, um, siv it says ki higdalaya la se semay living in higdala vaya. What does it mean, higdalaya? Shall he since key a lay the the birth? Shogiliya le which is the godly the revelation and souls. Who bethilo bekatnos is first so tiny. The ozman moichin the enika. So then comes the nursing period. The from the milk. The moichin the ema from the moichin of our mother keneses yisroel. From from the shechina's moichin from her bina. She is nursing us. High zavas She flows milk Lahonik to nurse. Ula Hagdil and to expand shei b'pchenas havaya that it should be havaya, but what kind of havaya? Godoy lo mohu lo We should see havaya and is all of expansiveness b'pchenas oyerech v'roichev, long and with, in great breath. Godoy basagas b'nei adam. We should have such an expansive knowledge in havaya. Uka moshekazal like it says v'ro kol basar that we're going to see it with our eyes v'loy b'pchenas katmos. It shouldn't be in a very small, um, 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 little way. It should be in a, in a great way, the Mev, V'agdala V'agdala it's similar to the idea that after Yitzhi the Jewish people ate matzah. And it says that matzah is like a little child calling father. A child doesn't have the, the knowledge to call father until he eats, until he eats grain. But we, remember, we learned in the Mimer, that and the the Maya, but it's like only like a little child. A little child knows the father is the father, but he doesn't have a rich understanding of who the father is. He knows this is daddy. His father might be, you know, uh, this huge, uh, you know, uh, Einstein. You know, uh, Einstein. He, uh, could His father might be the biggest tuna, you know, but he doesn't know that. He just knows daddy is daddy. He doesn't have a broad knowledge of him. It's like he with Shrine, and then they, the Alta Rebbe explains it that the, that the, later. But the first Amatso was to give them Amunah, pure, simple Amunah. But that's not enough. Now we need to develop it. Vagdala zu, the Havaya, and this greatness with Havaya, to make Havaya great, im dafka. Who Who is the Eila? Shehem These are all the nishamas of tzaddikim. Because th- these are Eila. Why are they Eila? Because these are Eila, we said before, are the six emotions. And the 36 tzaddikim taka said an ele, 36 main tzaddikim. And we're all, all the nishamas are really called the shamas of tzaddikim. Ki amoi. Yid are a chaelic of him in the thoughts So we were once part of you avaya, but now we come into this world as a creation. We become so tiny and so small, and then even when you, you reveal yourself to you, even when you reveal yourself to us, we perceive you in such a small, little, immature way. But now higdul avaya The Ebershtas now does his magdil avaya. He expands avaya with who Eileh. With the neshamis to give them a full-scale, powerful, expansive experience of Shema avaya of yutkev avke, Now, like it says in the previous mashal, yanika that, that the growth that happens during the time of the nursing is way beyond the gidel, the growth of any other time. Kamoi kain is also true. Hagam la achem here he said something a little scary. He says, even though there is going to be pangs of birth even after Mashiach. And what's that? A mother is a little uncomfortable after she gave birth. It's like she, uh, she's in that state until she gets back to herself. That's the pain that comes after birth. Interesting. Oh. So there is a little bit of a discomfort even after the birth. But the Rebbe says the good news is that the baby grows very quickly. After Mashiach comes, the swiftness of how spiritually developed we are going to become the Jewish people in such an unbelievable quick time. In other words, our nursing period doesn't have to be long. Is the ability for us to become from small, huge, because you wonder, like, how in the world, like, where people are so ignorant and there's such amaratus and there's such, like, how in the world? We, the answer is, once Mashiach comes and we start nursing, we're gonna grow our. The Rambam says when Mashiach comes, we're gonna be chachamim gedolim, unbelievable wise. How's it gonna happen? How suddenly? It's gonna be really quick. ma'oid uh, will be very very quickly the the and it will become great and sanctified, the name of Avaya, called to the eyes of everybody, we're going to have such expansiveness in our minds, to be able to perceive who Mashiach is, and his great light, unbelievable. That's the milk from our mother, he's a supernal brain, what did we say earlier? That milk is the mother's brain, the Shekhinah is going to be feeding us her brains. To like develop us, which went down to the place of Bina, Shabalev of the heart, in order to nurse us. But where does that nursing take place? For that, we have to be in Eretz Yisrael, because that's the makam of the heart. It's the heart of the world. And that's the shechina, kind of, sort of, the the breasts of the shechina, where from there we nurse that milk to develop the Jewish people into who we're going to be after Mashiach comes is there anything as delicious and as so awesome like this mimer? I don't know. <laughs> if I'm saying, there is treasures upon treasures of buried in, in Yanam that no one even looks at. And, and now we need to understand. So good. So now we know what the milk is. Now we need to learn what is the honey. But well, let's take a little break. A few minutes. And then we're going to get on to the honey. Okay. Now we need to understand. Now, to tell you the truth. I, when I prepared the mimer, I prepared it to a little bit into the next piece, and I just quickly looked over. I really, but it's but I but it's not a it's not a hard mimer, at least. So let's see how it works. It flows very nicely. Now we need to understand the idea of the honey. What does it mean, the land, the land that flows milk and honey? The nature of honey. It serves as a preservative. It preserves the thing that you put into it. That whatever you put into honey... The, that, that, that entity should should last for many days, a lot, a very long time. It shouldn't get It should not get ruined at all. From the way it was in the beginning when it was made, it should remain strong as it is. advash and without the honey. From a passage of days and years. When you, a thing begins to like to to like uh, to, to disintegrate, to, to rot, you What is that rotting process? You spar du chelke adal diyoseides. The the four elements that yeah. are the parts that are what the thing is made out of, composed of, shabai sa that is in that in that entity. The yechulah ba la and they all go to being lost and to be being um, being and being like lekoloyin and being ruined each one goes back to its source and that's the reason of the hefsid of the ruining of that grain tirkav when it, when it when it gets ruined and the inanimate object also gets rusty even like even a even a domain. for instance um, uh, uh, Like Tvua. Uh, uh, um, grain Tirkov, gets rotten, and 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 inanimate stuff they get they get rusty. and all the various different types of the domain of the inanimate, and plant, and animal, They get they come to a state of hefsid, of being ruined, they become completely disintegrated, because the forty side Rambam says everything that's made up composed of many things together, eventually has to separate. Avalat vash, but... So what really what, what's really, what makes something be is the, the various different things that are holding it together. And that's what makes it fresh and, and healthy. But when the things start separating, and why does it separate? Because it's... L'chad are separate entities. They have been put together. So they hold together, and then they get loose, and they start separating. Avalat vash, what honey does... It holds the, uh, the entity in its, the way it is, the in its strength, as it was built, the it shouldn't get ruined and it shouldn't, get, it shouldn't decay at all. Gam Even when the, the, the change of weather, which can cause a lot of times things to speed up the rotting of something, it gets hot, it gets this, it gets cold. And the reason is it gets very moist, Moisture a lot of times causes something. But the reason is it has in the nature of honey l'kavetz. What does it do? Kavets means it causes a things to compress. Rahayinu lahatzmis u'lahachvitz kol to cause something to become how do you call it when something becomes kivutz? What's the right word for it? Good English word for that. A kivutz, a compression, a a contra yeah, something like that. I'm looking for a it's a better word for him. Komosha just like vinegar does that as well. Lahachvitzu Lahatzmas. Uh Kamocha kasa bepoiskim. It's a halakha, but Yeridaya. Bekama duchta many places. Komoi. Hurdis the the tumna beduvsa. There's this type of vegetable, I guess, that they would the tumna that was that was that uh, was soaked, that was hidden beduvsha in, in in honey for it to keep it fresh. Since its since its nature is to 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 in other words, what's happening? The thing is loosening. It's loosening, it's beginning to separate from each each the particles are beginning to to um, move away from each other. Since the the, na- the, the nature of the is kivut, that's what it's all about. It's there's a certain gavura to it, as we're gonna see soon which causes a kivutz, a, a compression, of things coming together. So as a result of that, it keeps all the Dalaj yisidis together. It keeps them healthy because they're all Miskavots together. It doesn't let them be to separate. It doesn't let them each go their own way. Each one is like kind of returning back to its source. The water wants to go back into the water. The, the wind wants to go back into the wind. Each one would generally separate itself from the others, but the dvash is is unifying them. And another thing, Now another thing that honey does. It can take bitter things and convert them to sweet. Soak something in honey and it becomes sweet. It actually, we learned that in the other mimer. A tsnoin, a radish that you put into, into, into honey, you soak it, we learned that it's not shot that there is a radish that has honey in it, but that the radish itself becomes a honey radish. It becomes a sweet radish. It has the ability to convert something. Uh, a very long time. If it's there for a very long time, it will convert whatever that substance, into turn it into honey. Where do you have that in your everyday? In the Indian, Are you allowed to eat a bee? Is a bee kosher? No, a bee is an insect, it's not kosher. But a lot of times there are the little feet of the bees that stuck in the honey. And you're allowed to eat it even though you're eating the, the honey, the bee, the bee the bee legs. And the answer is, once it's in the honey, it's considered like it's honey. The honey converts it. So even though it's a treyfa entity, you have no problem here because it's... Because it becomes when you have a, a a piece of non-kosher meat or something that falls into honey, ba rush that in honey that it might make it kosher without without sixty. Usually you need sixty times as much in the laws of kashas, But here, I didn't get a chance to look it up, so I can't tell you. And that's the word, yeah? Okay. u simen u there's different dayos, of what honey has. Honey has a specific effect on something. As you say, petrifies it. and all of this, It has to do with the power of kivots. Since davash has the power of kivots. So it's interesting. On the one hand, we're saying it preserves something and makes it stay. On the other hand, we have that we're saying it 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 makes it stay, but then it converts it. So then it seems to be two opposite things. If it's if it's keeping something intact, then it's keeping it intact. It turns it over. In other words, from the keywords itself, it's it turns it into honey. How does that work? I don't get what I don't understand the logic in that. That first, it preserves it, holds it together. But then, when it's holding it together so so much, so then so then, then it should keep the four. You say, I don't know. and the main reason is. Generally, when we think about honey, it's sweet. Honey is very sweet. But the Rebbe is going to differentiate over here between the sweetness of honey and the sweetness of sugar. Sugar is chesed, it's pure sweet. Honey has a certain intensity to it. That's why we know that you can't give babies honey. It's very dangerous to give a baby honey. Babies are not supposed to have honey. They can have uh, uh, sugar, but they can't have honey. Um, uh, so because there is a, there's, there's a honey. Yesh to honey. That's why we dafka Rosh Hashanah, we sweeten with, with uh, apple and honey. That we want to sweeten the judgments. We want to get the sweet, but the judgment should be sweet judgments. Hagam shu even though it's sweet, sharei soyre it burns the heart. That's a sign that it's sweet, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, no, that's a sign that's not sweet. That's a sign that it's that's a sign that it has gavura to it. It burns the heart, whatever that means. For whom is Because it is Gevura, but it's sweet Gevura. That's why it's a sweet intense. Even though it's Gevura, but it's not Gevura on the left side, it's the Gevura of Chesed. Because it's sweet. It's a Chesed, but in Chesed itself, there is mellow Chesed and there is intense Chesed. It's the Gevura element of Chesed. Gevura Sheba Chesed. Because it's Chesed, but not Chesed, it's Chesed intense. So the intensity of chesed wants to turn everything into sweetness. You know, sometimes a person is a very sweet person. And they're sweet. Okay, so they're sweet and they're nice. So they keep away from any fights or anybody. They're very sweet. Sometimes someone is such a good guy, such a sweet guy, that he can't stand that someone is, is harsh. And he takes the harshness of that other person and turns it into sweet. It's a different type of a sweet guy. This person is intensely sweet and the other person is mellow sweet. One only has chesed shebe chesed. One has, ch- has gvura shebe chesed. He fights. He's very, very, for chesed. For kindness. It's like an intensity in the chesed. V'koy choy, v'al keim b'gvurasei, with his power and with his strength. who matzmis u He contracts. Ki <speaking> b'chines <Hebrew> So at simtum va'akibus ba'atzmusei. What is What is gvura? Since what's gevura? gevura? Gevura is contraction. Chesed is, 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 is diffusement and, and expansion. And Gevura is and Gavura is contraction. Hadar is pashtas, the opposite of an expansion of a hispashtas. And since Gavura, and that since it is Gavura so what does it do? U'kishu is gadol. And since it's the Chesed, but what kind of Chesed? Chesed in such an intensity, then it's going to prevail over that thing, the and he's going to turn it over to sweetness, to honey. He sweetens the other thing also. That's the whole idea of gavura of Chesed. It's the the great intensification. And power of chesed, la hamtikas, to sweeten the judgments. The opposite. It fights the gvura and it converts it. Kamoi, for instance, he says, there's two types. There is, there, is the, there is the north, which is cold, and there's the south, which is hot. And there's two types of hot. There's warm, and then there's hot, that can if you you blow a blast of that hot air into a cold place, it will make the cold hot. When you have a strong southerly uh, weather coming up on the south, what it does is the strength of this of the south, the heat of the day, it's the Gevura of Chesed, stated elsewhere, because generally south is to the right side, is Chesed. But it's very hot, it's the Gevura, it's scorching hot, it's the intensity of Chesed. Until it could convert even the north. It shouldn't be cold. Or, similar, or to melt the snow. So it's very gvura, it's intense sun rays that melts the snow. Oh, again, the radish. You can sweeten the sharpness of a radish in, in honey. If the vash would only be chesed, it couldn't do that. Since the Vash honey is also gavura, it has that ability, but In other words, something that is just musk, just sweet. No intense, no gavura in that, just pure sweet. Can't sweeten what is gavurah. It can it can mix sweetness into something, but it doesn't sweeten it. Koim hat like the sweetness of sugar. Ukedaima. So basically, when you put sugar into coffee, you're not sweetening the coffee. You have coffee and sweetness inside of it. When you put honey into tea, the honey is converting. It's a different type of a sweetness. The honey converts what it goes into to becoming sweet. The 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 sugar is just. There is a mixture of sweet entity amongst the bitter thing. It's not the same kind of a... It doesn't have the same effect. So uh, sugar is chesed kol davar. It doesn't have the ability to... And therefore, since it's just... It doesn't have a kivutz element. It doesn't have a contraction element. Because it, it's not mekavitz. So uh, uh, sugar can't serve as a preservative. Quite on the contrary, sugar is, is, is chesed. Chesed is what expansiveness. like water, that it, when you pour it out, it spills in all directions. So if you if you soak something in sugar, it's not going to cause the thing to remain intact because it's not going to concentrate it. It's going to allow it to, yeah. Hold on. Uh, yeah. For sure, it cannot doesn't have the ability. To, to sweeten the opposite, and all go to one reason, as we said earlier, because of the power of Gevurah, the And the Nimshal, this applies to Yuvan Lamaila, will be understood above. Because we say, hear this, we said before that after Mashiach comes, we're going to be nursing milk, and we're going to have such Giluyim of the Abishta. What might I, So we say in the davening, we say, Ata nefachta bi, You blew the neshama into my body. But then we add a very important word, bi, You guard the neshama inside of me. What does it mean to guard the neshama? What is the to guard the neshama? Because we said earlier, what's the nature of everything? Everything wants to go back to a chayrish. So where does the neshama want to go? The neshama velar the The Why does he need? the He has to stand as a Shomer. What's the Shemira? Why does he have to be Shomer the Nefesh? He has to guard the Nefesh, the soul and the body. In you know the idea is, Because as a result, after Mashiach, we're going to need the special Shemira. Why? Because once we're going to start nursing this delicious milk from the Shechina. In which the Shechinah is going to give us that milk, Higdil Havaya. There's going to be such a expansiveness in the Havaya, which is the transcendental light of the Abishta that utterly transcends time and space. Pidish be Yisroel. Hear these words; it's the most beautiful words I've ever seen. In Knesses Yisroel, moichin neflois, and Knesses Yisroel is going to have such moichin. And such unbelievable apprehension of the divine. Similar to the avaya as he is above in Atsilos. As it says, we give birth to a male. A male is a strong birth of a powerful avaya. That's what it means. The yoda Zahar is that the baby that's going to be born with Isha Kisazriya, which as we said earlier is us. Producing this baby, the who are we gonna give birth to? A Zacher, a male. that means that the light of Mashiach that we're gonna produce is gonna be similar to who to our the baby is gonna look like the father. Who's the father? The Abish to the Orient Saif. And the Giloy down here is gonna be the same like the Giloi up there. What does that mean? And who is this giloy coming through? The, this revelation, who is it coming through? All of us. right? And particularly Moshiach Tzedkei, he's going to be the Gilead of Avaya. So it's going to be similar to what, man p'nei and then when we looked at the face of Rav Shimon Ba'Yachai, what does it say? Rav Ba'Yachai said, what does it mean you should come see the face of God? Come look at me. That's what he said. Come look at the face of Hashem. Come look at me. So when we're going to look at Moshiach Tzedkei, this is Vayi You're looking at man p'nei and Avaya. Valder Shalom and Zal Chazal really say, "I see them tzaddikim shayikru al Shemayi Shalakadish Baruch Hu." The tzaddikim are going to be called Havaiah. That's the name. The tzaddikim are going to be called Yutkei Vavkei. The imkain and if so, call Nitzutz. Kumtachais that a year. Now go on to the last page. Kumtachais there is a terrible danger. That a nitsus, the spark, <laughs> will not want to stay or might not be able to stay in the chumrius, in the coarseness of the body. Since, you see, what happens to a flame when you put it next to a fire? The little candle joins the fire. Since the Neshama is a Anitzos from shem avaya, and you cause Gilo down here, what's going to happen? The Nishama is going to pull itself back into the Gilead of Avaya. That's where the Neshama comes from. Before the Neshama became a creation, before the to planted the Neshama into the womb of the Shechina, We were once part of that transcendental infinite light. And therefore lechach, and therefore chuluk lechach kase yasek on nitzuts. When the nitzuts will now apprehend again baamitus p'chinas avaya soevik kalalmen. When the Nishama will get exposure to the revelation and the of 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 the truth of avaya soevik kalam. K'moshakas shivisi avaya leneg I have avaya right in front of michulu. V'haeinu be'ais hagilu yagodals at the time of that great revelation p'chinas leda at the time of the birth keniskaliel u'bifrat. And particularly after the birth, after the two years of nursing, when Mashiach is going to start teaching us Torah, and Mashiach is going to start opening our Nishamahs, through the, the drinking of the milk, and now, that we're going to just, you know, pop out of the body. With total because of that pleasantness and sweetness. A person saw and apprehended his essential shorish. Like a flame that's reconnecting into its source. And then we we'll are called a kala. What was one of the pirushim of kala? Kol sanafshi. It's, the Kala is called Kala because she expires. The word Kala comes from the word expiration. All neshamis might expire back into the Abisher Mamish. Ah, so now she needs to be named Kala for another reason. What's the other name? Kala. Kala means Kala means a prison. The Abisher has to lock the Nishamah in the in the prison of the body and not let it go out. So now comes the second Pirish of Kala. You, you you blew it into me. You blew the neshama in, but you're going to guard the neshama, that the neshama should not escape the body. There's also the reason which it says in the Baruchas, and parshas b'chukosay. It says, "My my 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 soul will not will not not reject you, will not be disgusted by you." So the chora of God is promising after Mashiach is going to give such lights. What does He have to say I'm not going to reject you? Why should He be rejected? The answer is The nefesh, the soul Will not reject the body Will not push it away And say I don't That's the bracha Because under such godly revelation It's possible the neshama will like oh. So uh, We won't allow We don't want the neshama to escape Into the source From where the soul has been excavated The Indian shimur is and what's this protection? It's through the honey that the supernal land flows milk and honey. I know what does that mean? See, the milk comes from the Chesed, comes from that powerful revelation. The honey is also going to flow. That's the gevura, and what will it do? To preserve the spark and to cause the spark to be concentrated and contract, not allowing the natural tendency of the spark to like expand into, it will force that nitzutz, it will compel rather than force, compel the nitzutz, that it should remain in its corporal body, it should not expire. And the explanation of this, and the explanation of this, when we see from literally a dugma, we can find this in our life. But <laughs> the Dugma, the Rebbe can give you an example like this because he experienced this. Him and the Malach, him and his buddies, him and those tzaddikim—they they, they constantly were in danger of these of these situations. So like he's trying to explain this to us that oh, you, you ever feel such kind of in the Abraham that you're ready to like expire and lose yourself. Oh, so what, what do you do then? Oh, so the devil. So kasha, when a nefesh wants to delight in the abish to barivos in in pleasantness, umesikos and sweetness, at kol samamish until it's ready to expire, literally b'tzadikim by the great tzadikim kiydu as it is known. Hine bema How do you get the nephesh to be to be maskim to? Uh, to come back in a body, Rabbi Michael was once walking around, and his and they and they heard him saying that whatever I needed to accomplish in this world, I already accomplished, and I'm ready. Something like that. I'm ready. He's in the shavah, was ready, bursting to get out of the body. He was ready to go. Suddenly, at that moment, his son walked in with his little children. Some was a, and suddenly, this kind of in the and he realized that. He's needed for the grandchildren or for the children. Like, he's kind of, for them, he should stay down here. So then he regretted it and he asked the, uh, first he davened into the Ebers. He davened to the Ebers e- that he should be, that he should have, that he should leave this world already. But then when his child came in, he, he pulled it back. And he said, no, I, because he felt that he should live for them. And later, when he came to the Baal Shem Tov, he was already a from the Baal Shem Tov. When he came to the Baal Shem Tov, the Baal Shem Tov said to him, it's a shame that you dove and you and you pulled it back because if the Ebishter gave you life, you would have continued living and you wouldn't have. Mishamayim, once they gave you, you would have lived. It would have not taken you. But he said, you could have lived Abayas Valiya. You could have lived down here and up there at the same time. I don't know why I'm telling the story. It's not even so, so perfect for this Indian, but this is the story that I was thinking. I remember something. About that you could have lived both in that world, Abayas Valiah. You could have lived here and in the attic at the same time, on both floors. Now that you, you said no, so you're gonna, you remain living down here. But Rabbi oh. Michael's at in the end of his life, it, people knew that Shloshu this time he was in a complete different zone, and they always watched him on Shloshu this because they knew that he needed to have a shaymer. It was always, um, it was always like a danger, and people they knew that. And on one one week, whatever she was, on, is, is, no one was there, and his daughter walked in, and she heard him walking and saying, "Bahu zmanah something in Russian Hazoyar. In this time of arriving, arriving, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was nostalgic. And this time, he's like walking, and he was on fire; his face was on fire, and he was saying that in this time of dvekus, of such godly revelation, is when Moshe was nostalgic. His daughter ran and scrambled, help, and caught, and had quickly her sons come, run. Her brothers coming to try to like do something to keep her father here. Too late. They came in, and he he had. Uh, he had already lost, he, he, he basically took off. He passed away. So these were tzaddikim and they passed away from, they could pass away from kloy nefesh. But in any case, how does it come back into the body? It's like this idea that the shamas are ready to leave and they go back. The only way to tempt a neshama, to stay down in this world when it wants to leave, is that the neshama realizes that there's something better than, the, than the, the spiritual delights of the world to come. And that is to do a mitzvah in the physical body. Because even though the experiences of a here are so constricted, but the truth is the godliness of a mitzvah is higher than all the experiences. from the delight and pleasure that she gets when she's outside of a body, there's something much greater in being able to put on tefillin and being able to give tzedakah. It is, it is better one hour of from all the life of the world to come. And like it also says, Hashem says, all the punishments will come upon you because you did not serve God with joy and gladness of heart from having everything. Meaning... You should have been besimcha when you did a mitzvah more than having all of Ganeidim because really a mitzvah is more than all of Ganeidim. So there you see this idea that a mitzvah in this world is greater than all the Ganeidim's. So the Rebbe is saying, just that's the idea. What do you see? That what keeps the tzaddik from, from passing on, he realizes that he, he has the honey. That's the honey. Something that kind of anchors him back down and keeps him grounded. Pitish, asimcha V'tuv Le'Vav Shal a The joy and the good-heartedness of the nitzitzeliki Bemaisa mitzvah. But it has to be that it's joyful. You see, the tzaddik over here has a, he has a dilemma. Either he can allow his neshama into the delights of the spiritual realms, or he can exchange that for the tremendous simcha of knowing what a mitzvah is. And it's only that, if he doesn't have simcha, if mitzvahs are just boring and dead, he'll never... And he has a chance to experience ecstasy, he will never exchange the ecstasy. because, But since there is such a simcha shal mitzvah, an appreciation of what a mitzvah is, that it's more than everything, that simcha is what keeps him down. That's the reason why we're going to see soon the kala needs to be the Because you can't have a kala, or else the kala will expire. So the simcha of the kala is to keep her down. Because or else when her chassan comes, she'll dissolve in him. It's the joy of the kala, understanding how important it is to be down here. As we're going to see, um, and that simcha of the mitzvah is more than the simcha and the tuv leiv of beziva of the great ziva shchina anikra roiv kol that's called roiv kol k'diymavu like it is no. The the helega I believe Yitzchak once came out, and he heard his chassidim were sitting together and they were you know kibitzing. And they were talking about Graf Pototsky. Graf Pototsky was the big parrots, like, and he was the wealthiest. And they were describing his tremendous wealth. Because people said they visited him, and this guy was saying, he have no idea anything. And these were poor people said, you know, what do they know from this world? But they got a chance that someone was describing to them Graf Patotsky's, uh, uh unbelievable wealth. And, they were, and, and the guy was saying that even in the winter, in the summer, he puts out, he's able to make fake snow. And they go skiing in his day. And they're like, wow, that was like that. in the summer, in the hot months, I don't know what they, sugar, I think. They put out sugar, and they have fake snow, and that's how they make. Uh... And the barditcher asked them, what are they talking about? First they were embarrassed. And he said, no, tell me. So they started telling the barditcher about, they're talking about his spirals, about Graf Patutsky's well. So the barditcher was looking at them, and he asked them, Graf Patotsky, does he like Hanukkah candles? And then someone said, of course he doesn't like it. And he asked them again, Graf Patotsky, does he light Hanukkah candles? And they said, no, right? And he said, so So what kind of pleasure and delight does he have? Vos But was like, <laughs> <laughs> That means the pleasure that the Baradit had in Hanukkah that's pleasure. I was like, whoa. And even aside from that, well, what are you going to give me? Ach, <laughs> Why is it better one hour of mitzvahs? More. More than everything. That because of this, the neshama should turn back from her wondrous dveikus and she should go back into her body. In a matter of shuv ki why should she go back? It's because the Torah is compared to that, you need the honey or camel advash me and just like honey preserves it kana al kein toiro the toiro and mitzvis are considered the honey yakai muvi yakafsu etsanitzutz they they sustain and contract the spark leois nishmar to be protected umaskai and be and remain in the body yamen rabbin many days the oidzois and another thing they do Another thing that the honey of Torah does. This is the advantage of the reward of the spark. Ultimately, what did we say another thing that the honey does? What is the next thing the honey does? It doesn't allow something to rot. But eventually we said when something sits in honey a long time, it converts that thing into honey. We said earlier that the legs of the bees are permitted to eat because they're honey. Right? So what does that mean? So the Rebbe is saying like this, marinating in Torah and is actually going to turn the person himself into Torah and Mitzvahs, and Torah is the body of the king. The Jew actually, the body of the Jew, the Jew becomes the body of the Ebeshter through Torah So the honey of Torah and and that you don't get. When the Nishama goes out, it absorbs into the spiritual realms above. It's in the rays of the Abishthir, it's not in the essential body of God. But through Torah and Mitzvah, it marinates literally. If you let it there, if you soak a person in Torah and Mitzvah, the person himself becomes completely converted into Abishthir. That's a pretty neat idea. It's so awesome that it's enough for a person to go crazy from this idea. Look, no one ever said this to anybody. When you soak in Torah and mitzvahs, your body and your entire being is converted into gufa. The- like the... Emes it does say, dem- Malka, but the way he says it over here, it converts it. She dem- it's similar to the idea of Michal is makrev the neshamas of tzaddikim on the mezbah. what's the difference? But didn't we say that that we don't want that? We don't want the neshama to... Nah, here's the thing. It's not through escaping the body. It's with the body. The neshama and the body become completely one thing with the amiti, They become totally one with the true avaya and the body of the king. Once the neshama is converted to become... The body of the king, then Yidden are called Achai Ivareya, his brothers. Literally, the Jews are the because Ab- what's a brother? A brother is the same, your flesh and blood. They come from the same father and mother. Yidden, are called the Abish's his brother, and the Abish his friends. Oyachoisi, or we're called his sister. And that's only after soaking in Torah mitzvahs. And Olama Mabba, we're called Hashem's child. We're called Nikrabrata Brata. The Malk called the daughter. So, a daughter represents she's in a lower level. A brother means you're in the same level as the Abishtha. Through Torah and a Yid becomes. This i brother, a twin brother, a sister. And this is the meaning, you watched in a sham in me. It's understood, whenever you're guarding something, you hear what's going on over here. When someone is is blowing, you say, So he's saying that the one who's blowing is the level of the breath that's coming from the blower. But the one that's guarding, the guarding, because from the blowing itself, what might happen to the breath that he blew in? The breath might escape and go back. The power to guard the breath, that the breath should not leave, is from a higher power than from where the blowing comes from. The va'ata meshamra is higher than the va'ata nefachta. V'day lemev. And even now we'll understand. In simchis chas and we'll understand the great joy of chas vekala Biyois, ki al yaday advash de'toyra eino nikras kala elokele. Through the honey of toyra mitzvus, we are not called kala anymore. Kala means expiring. We don't expire into him. Elokela, Kala means locked in the body, kind of the toyra mitzvus locked the neshama, but a good locking. We're locked in our bodies. It's holding back. It's holding her back from going out of her body. But the Nitzus is stuck, so to speak, in the Choymer. But hold it. But, 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 but that's a negative thing. The Neshama wants to go out. Oh, that's why you have to have Simcha's Kala. The joy of the Kala is a appreciation of how amazing it is that she's in a body. In other words, the joy is for her, she needs to appreciate the mile and the quality of mitzvahs for her to stay down here and not escape into the ecstasy of the divine experience. So in order for the kala to be a kala, to re- retain her identity, she must have Simcha's kala. In Shir the medrash says on the pasuk, the friends are, which refers to the malachim, they're listening to our voice. The kailacha to your voice of we when the learning Torah ashmeyani. I don't know what it says there in the Medrash, because I didn't look up the Medrash. The Zau inyan simchis kala, this is the joy of the kala. Shatismach be that the kala should rejoice in the Mitzvah, betuv with such a enjoy great heart, har More than all the ecstasies of Ganeden. So again, we have to make the Kala happy. That means you have to have an appreciation of how great Torah and is in this world, that your Shama should want to stay here. And not want to leave in the great Giluim. The Chassan also needs simch. Because if the Chassan doesn't have joy, he, he the nature of the Chassan is to stay the there would be to not reveal himself down here, but to stay in his hidden state. Like we said before, a person, when they're not happy, they keep private. But when they're happy, they they love to reveal and to connect. Joy makes you connect to people and so on and so forth. So the eibishter needs joy. The Abishter simcha is for, for Baruch the simcha is for him to be mispashit, for him to expand. For the kala, the simcha is for her to contract. Understand the difference? It's two, The joy has an opposite effect on the chasen and on the kala. On the chasen, the, the joy is causing him to open up, to expand. By the kala, the joy is for her to contract, stay in the body, or else she, her natural state is, so everybody, the joy is doing the opposite of what their nature is. Is that what's happening? But the abishter his nature is to recoil into himself. So the, the joy comes to break that nature and cause him to go down, to expand, reveal himself to us. The Kala, her nature is to leave herself and be included higher. And therefore the joy causes the breaking of that nature that so she should return to herself. In each one, the simcha breaks their essential nature. That's an amazing oifdom. We've explained, seen from what we explained earlier, the masha tishmer hanitzutz begufa. This that the nitzutz remains guarded in the body. Because it appreciates a much higher level of the divine. Much higher than the level of the nitzutz. And even more than the Nitzutz's fulfillment that it's going to have when she has Kloisa Nefesh, because she realizes there's something greater in the body down here. Even if she has mesiris Nefesh, she realizes something even greater in the body. And this is where we find Moshe Rabbeinu excelled past all the other prophets. Moshe Rabbeinu, when he had prophecy, was able to stand in his body. And his body did not in any way, um, what's it called again, cause a distraction. So Moshe Rabbeinu was perfectly comfortable sitting in his body and receiving the highest divine revelation. Ki ha-kloin shalom because what causes but other nevi'im as soon as they had prophecy they kind of left their bodies that's why their bodies fell to the ground and they had convulsions and they kind of entered into a like a into a um, a, a trance and their bodies were knocked out but by Moshe Rabbeinu he was fully, fully 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 in his body when he had Why? he says when we say an mitzvot is 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 it's is expiring is only because it feels, it feels disconnected in the body and therefore it's sensing the light, it wants to run away from the body. But if the body is completely not a block for the light, so where does it have to run? It experiences every. the body is totally transparent. The body is completely like, 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 a, like a glass. So why does it have to get ex- It doesn't want to run away because it's like fully in, the body is fully in tune with the revelation, right?. <laughs> It's because the darkness of the Khimit Shita, you have to remove it. Yeah. Uh, avo by The, yeah. <talking noise> the Shina spoke from his throat, from his physical, his, his physical vocal cords were so clean and pure and so unified. <osaurus> this is the joy of the kala. She should delight in the pleasure that is descending. So in this simcha of the Kala, she delights in the pleasure that is coming down, I guess, in the Gashmias. Because always simcha is a descent. I'm not exactly sure. We have to read it. It's the opposite of her nature of of expiring. She has a pleasure in escaping. And her simcha is a descending pleasure, a descending joy. Now we have to make a simcha for the chasen as well. What's the simcha of the Ebi'shtirk? Kikziv, it says, Kemara evan sapir, the Muskise, Like the appearance of a sapphire stone is the appearance of the throne. V'niske b'zayar, it's stated in zayar, the 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 malchus al malchus, the lower world, legaba al y'lo, compared to the upper world, the tchura evan t'ov is like a is like a, a a gem, like a like a like a fine stone, which which sparkles. It's like a mirror. Like you look into a stone, a sparkling stone. It's like a mirror. It's reflecting. When we have in in the Kala, there is her joy. So what's happening is like this. As a result of the simcha of the kala to stay down in the body, so the, what he's basically saying is that the abrsh is and the chasen and kala above like a, like a person looking in the mirror. So the same image he sees over there is, re, is really a reflection of him. So what I'm getting over here is something like the idea that when there is an eserus the and there's tremendous simcha that we have in keeping our is grounded down here, that causes the abrsh to simcha as well up there to also descend. To descend downward. When the king is happy, oh he sits by the door. He reveals himself. He goes out from his heikal, he sits in the in the entranceway. that everybody can see him, even a poor, a poor destitute, poor man can see the king. So the fact that our lowly world will be able to perceive God. The Mashiach will come it has to do with the Abish This tremendous simcha that he's revealing himself even to the lowest of places. And that this will also be a simcha. He reveals all the secrets. When when a person is happy, not only does he reveal himself, but he reveals all his treasures. And he also praises himself with them, kakal. he lets everybody see, and everybody should see how, how great, and how, how valuable his stuff are, that he can reveal them. is similar to Achashverosh, he displayed all of his wealth. When did Achashverosh do that? When he sat three years, and he was in a good mood, he revealed his wealth. When we do Maisa in other words, when we are besimcha in coming down into our bodies, that causes the Abish to also to be besimcha and to reveal himself. If the escape, the opposite. If the don't have the simcha in the body, but they run away from the body, it causes the Abish to also to run away from revelation and return back deeper into a hidden state. So, our joy in my Saha down here causes the Eberstah's joy also to be his and revealed down here. that's the Simchas Chasim and which is the ultimate of Eret Avas Chalo Vidvash. The Eberstah should fully be manifest, fully be revealed through the milk that we cause a full revelation. And the Dvash causes us to stay down here so that he can continue his revelation. And we both have Simcha, Simchas Chasim and Simchas Kala in keeping God the Abishter grounded, and Ewan is grounded down here in this world. And that's the devash. All right. Obviously, this last piece needs a little bit more clarification, but that was about it. I have to learn Now, there's a beer on the mimer. There's a beer on the mimer that I didn't, bichlal, didn't get a chance to look at. Who knows when we're going to do that. He turned it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It unifies it together. Buddha Hashem. Okay. Thank God.